Ladies and salutations, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the sixth season of Timeless Gamer, where the games and gamers grow older, while the gaming experiences will forever remain timeless. Your gaming podcast show brought to you by Pinoy Retro Gaming, and we are now streaming live in our Facebook uh, page, YouTube channel, and Twitch channel for all of our archive videos of our previous shows. You can still check them out by going to the YouTube channel of Timeless Gamer. So that's Timeless Gamer PRG. And you can also listen to us in Audible, Amazon Music, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Samsung Podcast, Podcast Index, Listen Notes, Pandora, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Deezer by searching in Timeless Gamer <clears throat> on your favorite uh, searching engines. And uh, previously on Timeless Gamer, we were able to discuss... Uh, the history or um, some notable wrestling vid- pro wrestling video games uh, from the late 80s all the way to the P- uh, to the PlayStation 2 era. So if you are into pro wrestling games, you can just go to our uh, go, uh, go to our archive shows on our YouTube channel uh, just to check that out. And it's a different cast. Of, uh, it's a different cast uh, for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, because tomorrow, um, BRG will be having another podcast in, um, talking about the uh, a couple of pro Tekken players, actually. And so uh, so they're going to have our usual time slot. That's why we move our time slot today, this Saturday. And for this evening, we have Sir Dan to thank to, to come up with the, uh, with the topic. It's called Alternate JRP, Alternative JRPG. JRPGs. No. RPGs. Alternate RPGs. Not necessarily JRPGs. Alternate. Alternative RPGs. I keep saying alternate. So, um, Sir Dan, what does this topic mean? Just for clarification. Yeah, so basically we're going to look at um, games which don't get as much limelight or RPGs which don't get as much limelight. Uh, We're all used to the... uh, Final Fantasies, Mass Effects, and big names um, of the RPG world, but there's a hell of a lot of great games out there that don't get any any exposure. So, uh, or get some exposure, but nowhere near enough. So, uh, we're going to look at those today. All right, thank you for that, sir Dan. And for this evening, guys, um, for the rest of the Talents Gamer crew, they're not really big RPG players aside from me and Sir Dan. Sir Joel, unfortunately, cannot be here, so he's stomping his feet somewhere in New Jersey right now. Cannot, cannot be here, but we will have Sir Joel maybe on a on a later date. I mean, this is not the only RPG episode that we're uh, that we're going to do. It's been a long time since we uh, since we did an RPG centric episode. Um, the last time that we did was uh, when we did the top ten PlayStation Two RPGs, and that was like. Like a year, like over like two years ago already. So for this particular episode, guys, uh, we have Sir Dan, of course, and we've also have some help with uh, Sir Drew here, Geek Out Guy, rep- uh, Geek Out Gaijin, representing JRPG Philippines. Sir Drew, say hi to the gang down there at the chat. Oh, oh we lost. Is it sound? It. <laughs> yeah, he fixed his sound. Now we can't hear anything. Nothing. <laughs> just just toggle your mic a bit. <laughs> well, sir. 
while Sir Drew is fixing fixing up his, uh, fixing up his mic. Uh, look who's back, guys! Sir Viraj. Oh, <laughs> glad to be back. Thanks for having me on again at last minute. But I was I was glad that I made it, so it's good. Okay. Um, so we so, yeah. uh, so <laughs> well when when we were uh, when I was trying to look for people to do this episode. Um, Sir Viraj is like, oh, I can't be there. I'm, uh, I'm at work. Okay, That's a shame. <laughs> and then, then, and then earlier he said, "What time are you guys starting? Uh, what time are you guys starting?" So I can, uh, I'm about to go. I'm about to go home. I, I'm about to join you guys. And I'm like, "Oh no, no, we're still waiting for Sir Dan." Okay, so I sent him the link, and and now now he's here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Um, I did want to come, and then fortunately. They let me go home early, and um, yeah, okay, wonderful. I'll get to join you guys, and we can geek out about some of the uh, most obscure RPGs that are unsung, unsung heroes of uh, the past. Looking that's forward great, to it. I should have titled it that, mate. That's a better. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> never mind. Never it is mind. what it is. I've said it now, so it's it's, it's there. It's on, it's on yeah. All right. I mean, to be quite, to be quite honest, when uh, when Sir Dan suggested uh, suggested topic. And he listed down a few examples. I'm like, I'm. I was still having some trouble of thinking a few games in mind uh, to come up with. And I searched my collection, and yeah, I haven't. Re- I mean, I-, I thought I thought a big game. Like, I talk a lot, knowing that I'm this I'm this RPG enthusiast. But truth to be told, oh. guys, I own. I mean, looking at my collection, I only played a few. Oh, here's some Sir Drew. Yeah, Sir Drew, geek out Gaijin, based in Japan. Yep. Sir, uh, Sir, uh, Sir Drew, say hi. Hey, t- thank you guys for having me. Sorry, uh, I was ha- fine with my audio and my and my video earlier, but suddenly after the intro, everything was like I could see everyone, but there was no no sound coming from the phone so i had to uh do some technical uh troubleshooting and i had to just leave and we enter but anyway thank you for having me joe and uh the moment you said alternate rpgs i was like ah i'm in 100 i have been playing rpgs since uh since i discovered uh final fantasy tactics but i know that's a little bit late in terms of playing jrpgs on my age Mm. But uh, before that, I was all about fighting games. I was all about platformers and all that, um, all those '90s arcade uh, sweet sweet gaming experience. Because uh, since uh, Pilipi- uh, we Filipinos did not really have that much when uh, it, in terms of owning our own system, so I was a little bit late to the JRPG scene. But hey, here we are. Yeah, here we are. Um... <laughs> So, like I was saying uh, earlier, so I, I only played a few. I only played a few, and I only finished a few. But but this was during the PlayStation One era. For the PlayStation One era, there were a lot of uh, there were a lot of RPGs that were released, and that was my jam. And then uh, when the PlayStation hit, I was already in high school. So and then transitioning into college, so I had less time to play. Then the and then more games for the PlayStation 3 came out, and even more for the PlayStation 4 uh, that were released. And as time went on, I had little time, little time, little time, little time, little time, little time, even lesser time to play. Right? It's a part. It's part of growing up, guys. So, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I'll and then um, I said to myself, okay, I'll 
I don't want to talk about games that I ha- that I, I haven't even played. So with the bare minimum that I have in my uh, with with the bare minimum that, minimum that I had, looking at my looking at my uh, looking at my collection, okay, I I handpicked a few and I base my and I based my my selections per category. So I will explain those uh, later when when it's my when when it's my turn. But let's uh, we will proceed with uh, so. Uh, we will proceed with the show so that Sir Viraj can still have a few a few time to prepare uh, a few minutes to prepare for his list do, do you already have your list or do you have it in mind it's there I know you already have it in mind I have a list of games <laughs> I've, I've, I have a lot of art. I mean for, for me just to, just to fill it in very similar to um, uh, very similar to what, what's been said earlier which is you know I I, I I started RPG gaming towards the late 90s, 2000s. So all the stuff that came out on the era, I missed out on. But the beauty of retro gaming is, due to the miracle of emulation, you can always revisit the past and you can always listen to what other people say about what was a good RPG. And um, during that period of 2002, yes, there obviously is the main main consoles and there's RPGs on that, but I might have a different perspective from you gentlemen, because um, the Game Boy Advance I had a lot of GBA RPG, and that's actually, you know, I'd say there's some unsung heroes on that machine, which none of you have probably heard of, because I'm, I'm making a huge assumption here. I'm sure you guys had a Game Boy Advance, or you might have played Game Boy Advance games, but, you know, most people played the main console RPGs, whereas the handheld RPG, that's a different, that's a, that basically, the Game Boy Advance for me was basically the 16-bit era part two. And there's a lot mm-hmm. that was put on that machine, and they um, were a lot actually. There were a lot on there. there a, lot a lot of games on there. So much, actually. so much. But, but I can I can talk about what I experienced, and it's, again, it's great because this is an uns- we talked about unsung heroes. There's quite a few on the advance and and some other platforms. But we'll get to that. But I I can talk about the most obscure RPGs. I'm actually playing one right now on the Game Boy Advance called Sigma Star Saga. Um, but we, we can talk about okay. that later. I don't want to. I don't want to. Sounds like a combination of a lot of RPGs just by the title alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've but, never heard of that one. Well, I, we'll, we'll, I'll elaborate like, later on because I don't want to sort of. Unless you want me to continue. Like Tales of Final Saga. Yeah, there's so yeah. many games. <laughs> with, there's, 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 um, there's so many. There's so many. Um, very um, abstract titles, but they fill you with wonder very. and intrigue as to what's this story about. And also, it's, to, it's not just RPGs in, in general. You get RPGs with science fiction themes, RPGs with fantasy, RPGs with even contemporary settings. Um, so it's, it's also, I mean, the stories are what draw you into these games as well as the gameplay. For me, the story, the sound, you know, how does it play out? And are, are you invested in this game? Are you immersed straight away? And when I revisit these older games, like it's very easy because there's so many of them now and you need more than a lifetime to play them all to say okay right yeah you need more than a lifetime to play them all now i I say to myself well do you know what i'm not going to play breath of fire because it doesn't catch me i'll play this game instead because it's caught my my interest even though breath of fire may actually have better gameplay mechanics overall i want to play this game and let's not forget RPG as a genre is a huge term when we talk about video games. We have um, you have traditional JRPG, turn-based games. We have action RPGs, okay, which is which involves an action element, and you have strategy RPGs yes, as well, don't tactical worry, RPGs. So these are emerging genres that have evolved through turn-based RPGs, which is the traditional one, 
And there's also a lot more, which I haven't even said, to be honest, subgenres, adventure-based RPGs, etc., etc. But those are the three main ones, I will say. And um, I can go through the definitions later on if anyone wants me to. Yeah. But, but I think we know here, we know what we're talking about. But for me, I think that uh, what I do in regards to separating what which, which is which, is just I go for, oh, this is JRPG because anime aesthetics made in Japan, all that jazz. This is western rpg it's made by a western developer it has most uh western uh, mm. themes or western style so that's generally how i do it because if we go into the separate srpg because right now if you have uh, seen the dial field chronicles it is not an srp in the normal sense since it's more like an rts and also there is a uh, Valkyria chronicles where it is an SRPG, but at the same time, it is a third-person shooter. So it is, the definition is so broad as to how technology has developed that I think we cannot, it's going to be a whole other episode for us to just properly say what we want to say in regards to the to the genre. So that's my take, on, that's my general take on it. Just how about you say again? <laughs> I, I, I totally agree, mate. I've, I've been having arguments with people for 20 years what to consist as an RPG, so let's not yeah. go there on. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's, it's, a, it's a can of worms we don't want to open. It's a can no, of worms. Not, no. not, not yet. Not yet, anyway. Not yet. I mean, we, it, 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 has always been, it has always been asked uh, in the fandom what is an rpg doing because there were a lot and it's, it's one of those it's one of those questions in the fandom that you'll have different opinions about it and some people really stand firm on their on their views upon it Leaps. it's like saying it's like saying it's legend of zelda even considered yeah, an rpg to think about the it most, the most common one yeah the most common one right and or saying Chrono Trigger is the shit. Change my mind. Yeah. Mm. Like, there, I mean, there, there are people who says yes, it is. Maybe it's because of nostalgia. Back mm. when it was uh, back when it first came out, it, it was groundbreaking. Sure, but then you you have Black Sir Dan saying otherwise. <laughs> saying, <laughs> it's not it's not really all that. Um, so and uh, so I was reading this book uh, to prepare for the show I was reading this book called uh, fight magic items and uh, interestingly uh, that uh, that paperback book um, was just uh, it's just the author's way of telling uh, the history of uh, the history of RPGs with a mix of excerpts from uh, from game developers and his own personal experiences playing these games and one of the uh, one of the excerpts there in the book uh, in the introduction saying what uh, what is an RPG and and how do you really differentiate western uh, western RPG to a JRPG so he says uh, for an RPG to be considered as a JRPG there are a few elements there uh, one hero coming out from a from a small town, going out, boy meets girl, boy meets girl meets party, then party and then said party will go town to town, solve problems, war, and then by the end of the and then by the end of the day, saving the world from a killer god or something. That's your uh, that's your that's your cut and dry definition of a typical JRPG. And then with Western RPGs. They're more into customizations. 
they're more into uh, they're more into sci-fi. They're more into fantasy. I mean, I mean, it's not like uh, JRPGs are, are are anything like that. Fantasy star dwelled on. Uh, it's, it's it's more like a Star Wars Star Wars esque uh, storytelling and aesthetics and people um and there were and there were and and that book in particular mentioned how the RPG started back from the days of Dungeons and Dragons as, as a tabletop and then coming up with Ultima Wizardry those three games uh, were the inspiration in creating Dragon Quest. And then subsequently, Final Fantasy, and then subsequently, Sega's answer, Fantasy Star, and all throughout that time, uh, during the during the 8-bit era, the role-playing game started to have some traction. Mind you, it's not that popular at the time because of the technical limitations of the of the NES. They had um, these particular games had to be scaled down just to just to fit on that memory uh, on the 64K bit uh, 64k memory of the uh, of the of the cartridge and then eventually when we moved on to the 16-bit era with the snes and the mega drive a lot more came out and then when the 3d jumped into the playstation era with the, there were um, there were even uh, there were notable rpgs not if um, notable will be square considered considered to be the king of RPGs at that time when they released Final Fantasy VII, which put the RPG genre in the map. Uh, if, if not putting it in the map, re, re, uh, rejuvenated or revitalized the genre for all of the worldwide, uh, for the worldwide gamers to enjoy. So in this particular episode, guys, we are, um, we are taking a side quest away from your Final Fantasy, away from your from your Dragon Quest. So these four, uh, these four members here. So we are the party members that you have right now, talking about your alternative JRPGs, uh, RPGs, and okay. each one of will uh, will come up with a, with a few games, and we'll uh, we'll discuss uh, we'll discuss further on why we think these particular games are. Are um, are quite are are more unique, or at least how it was overshadowed by the more no uh, the more uh, the more well known or the more established franchises out there in the said genre. So who would uh, so before we do that, do we have uh, we have a few people there in the chat. We got Sir Marlon says Final Fantasy Origins based on Wonders One, really. Uh, Joshua Hunt. Hi, Viraj and Sir Dan. <laughs> um, Final Fantasy Origins Chronicles Anthology based on the original console release with some alternate console release. So, um, who would... Oh, so I would give the floor first to, um, to the newcomer. <laughs> How about Sir Drew? Sir Drew. Okay. Okay, so um, uh, my introduction to JRPGs or RPG in general is uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. So oddly, I played Final Fantasy Tactics first before Final Fantasy VII, 
and they say that your favorite uh, J, uh the first jrpg will always be your favorite and uh that is true for me but not just in the reasons uh behind that it is my first it is because there is so much in that particular game that it added uh, there's the story the music everything anyway uh everybody knows final fantasy tactics so moving into the playstation portable uh you either played final fantasy tactics or the also uh remaster uh tactics ogre let us cling together so um many people uh do not know a certain game called jan the art so i only have the japanese copy because i cannot afford since it's a little bit obscure now But, uh, don't believe it so, <laughs> anyway anyway jan the art uh it is an srp which is um if you compare it to final fantasy tactics and uh tactics ogre let us cling together yes they are all three of this are set in the medieval era but its art style is a little bit uh cell shady ish i i think it's full i i'm not sure if it's really full on cell shading so it's a little bit more anime in its presentation but one thing that sets it apart is that the party members here have uh do not have the job system like the previous games that where you uh for example um in final fantasy tactics you could make rams into a mime into a barb into a mathematician or whatever you want them to be in the certain game whatever their uh whatever they are or whatever classes they start with do not really derive too much from uh from the start to the end game or more on they just became more and more uh powerful from what they are also uh i do like that it's story story uh story wise there's something here that plays uh, a homage to legend of dragoon wherein a particular member would uh, would no longer be accessible in later parts and it, the power is transferred to another party member um uh, something like that anyway so uh, if you were uh, the reason why i discovered this is because when i play uh, when i love a certain game i really dig through um i really 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 try to find other games that are similar to this so i could properly say that this is an alternative or the underrated the uh, underrated the uh, srpg in the playstation portable era so uh if you do like uh the styles of uh final fantasy tactics and tactics ogre do check out john the art so uh i'm gonna leave it there so not uh to take too much of our time for that particular game so um any that have you guys played uh john the art i'm i'm not that's the first uh i've, I've seen of it mate and I, i like the look of it I like the look of it not played it before um but i am I'll, i'll look to give that a try one day definitely mate yeah i've not i've not heard of that to be honest but it's definitely worth uh, checking out for sure yeah i, I really so I, do recommend it so if you like final fantasy tactics and tactics ogre do mm. do check that out what makes it and, what makes it better than final fantasy tactics to you mate it um not particular particularly better but it's that the 
in there are only a couple of classes or rather a couple of um, particular characters from Final Fantasy Tactics that really have their own identity right. or their own job class that you want to keep. For example, you have Thunder God Sid or Sidolpas or Landu. Uh, he, ha- he is the, um, the most powerful unit in the Final Fantasy Tactics game that uh, once you get him, you no longer want to make him into a Dark Knight, into a mime, or you just want to keep him as he is because he is unique in his own way because uh, he has such an OP class. Um, to a lesser extent, there is Agrias, where uh, she has some of the uh, uh, some of the uh, skills that Orlando uh, Orlando has. But then you have here you have Ramsa, and you have um, you have the other characters where who would be seeking out into changing them into other classes for them to be able to be powerful wherein you have uh, John the Ark wherein they all have their separate classes uh, rather than uh, being somebody who could be anything that you could mold them to be they are their own character not only in story but also in gameplay right so yeah so uh, if you guys have um I assume that you guys are familiar with the job system of Final Fantasy since it's really, really well known and integrated to almost all of their games pre pre thirteen uh, pre uh, yeah pre thirteen or uh, uh, I think twelve uh, Final Fantasy twelve is when they stop doing the job uh, the where a certain character could learn anything the other classes could learn. I'm not sure if I'm it's right. Different, it's different for each for each each Final Fantasy has a different take on it. I think the job systems in the Final Fantasy uh, series are mostly predominant in Final Fantasy V, which happens to be my favourite Final Fantasy game, and Final Fantasy X2. They're the they the main ones with the uh, with the job systems. Yeah, and so, yeah. They've got, they've got different variations of them throughout, but those two, those two are, um, the job system is at the front. Of, uh, of the mechanics and the combat, whereas others, it's, it's dialed back for some, some it's, it's omitted entirely. So it just depends what entry you play, really. <laughs> for example, you have the F- Final Fantasy X, wherein uh, you could open up all the nodes of their yeah. skill set, of their skill tree, wherein you just start on different ends, but at the same time, you could end up getting everything, everybody else's skills. So um gameplay wise you could end up just not having any real differentiation from each and every one yeah so which, which is that's how yeah. it ends up isn't it? you end up final fantasy 10 you end up everybody's the same apart from wacker wacker's got the best limit break and yeah. that's, so that's, that, that's yeah yeah so nice one mate so um do you want me to continue on with the list or do we move on to somebody else so with uh, with it, uh, so with John the Ark. So this is a uh, this is a different retelling of Joan of uh, Joan of Arc, the patron saint of uh, the patron saint of France. Say um, this uh, uh, this village girl had a vision of uh, had had this vision, saying that uh, she was the um, she was the apostle of God to bring France deliverance from from the English invasion back in the 16th 17th century and so this is a, this is a loose adaptation of that story 
And uh, this is for the PlayStation Portable, guys. Uh, if you haven't heard about it, it's a strategy RPG. And you have notable characters there. And some characters were also uh, were, were also taken from uh, from I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say fairy tale, but from uh, from the lore, uh, from the from the lore of Joan of Arc. And the enemies here are are either monsters or it's either the monsters or the invading English uh, the English invasion uh, during their uh, during the insurrection of of France. So the, um, some terminologies here uh, here will be um, will be uh, will be from from medieval France and the and the similarities between this game and Final Fantasy Tactics, aside from the job system, there are um, you you have you have knights here, very medieval. So and just like Final Fantasy Tactics have its own medieval-ish aesthetics, so this is not too far off. Um, the main protagonist here is obviously it's Joan. Uh, it's Joan, and unlike what happens to Joan in um, in in the lore. This has a better. Uh, this game has a uh, has a better um, has a better fate waiting for Joan. If uh, if you guys are more fami- are familiar with the with the lore, a better so, fate um, waiting for John. <laughs> oh no no um no one is going to be burned at the stake here. That that's all I'm going to say. It's a lot. <laughs> um, it, this game has a better. Uh, this game has a better ending. Uh, so so they so um, the attacks uh, the attacks skill system and the magic system as well. It may not be as extravagant as Final Fantasy Tactics, but in its own unique way, it also stands out. So for you guys, if, if you haven't heard, if you haven't heard or you haven't played Jean the Arc, you can still play this. Uh, I think it fetches a quite a hefty sum if you're going to buy it on eBay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for the US release, I think uh, it would cost you. Uh, the last time I checked was around two hundred, three hundred dollars US dollars if you're going to buy the US version release. How much did you pay for the Japanese version, Sir, uh, uh, Sir Drew? Did you, could you How much see, is did it? Did you see it? How much is it? Is it visible? Uh, here it is. Here it is. Two hundred and seventy yen. Two hundred and seventy yen. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, uh, um, a little bit of a, a little bit of a little bit of a side note. When I was in Japan back in 2019, I did saw John the Ark, a one copy, a U.S. copy, mind you, of John the Ark inside Surigaya, uh, inside the oh. Surigaya store in Akihabara, and I'm like, oh. and yeah, I mean because because you know you, because you know the labels for the U.S. is different from uh, is different from yeah. the serial system. For, uh, for, for Japan, it, it, it was sticking like an eyesore. I'm like, what the hell? Am I, is that John the Art uh, US uh, US version? Uh, it was, uh, I think it was 20, uh, 2500 yen at the time. And I'm like, sure, I'll get it. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, Actually, out of all of the Japanese games, that's the only US game that I saw. Mm. Um, actually, out of, out of all, speaking of Surugaya, out of all the video game stores, Surugaya is the place where I got most of my USR1 uh, PlayStation 3 copies from. So, uh, and I've already done a bunch of videos regarding Surugaya. I cannot really say how much of an awesome place it is, no matter which 
no matter which Surugayo you go to, there's gonna be you're not gonna leave there empty-handed. No, even if it's even if, even if it's a Japanese copy, sure. Yes. Um, for Marlon here says um, he he throw in his opinion in the hat. So he says Eternal Eyes as a tactical JRPG for the PlayStation One. Eternal Eyes. Mm. I, I may have played it, but I'm not sure because um, my memory is very Pokemon-ish game. That Eternal Eyes. Yeah, but uh, mostly if it's an SRPG. I tend to really go and uh, because before it was rarer. Uh, nowadays, it's so it's a little bit more common since it's a little bit more celebrated. But uh, yeah, I'll definitely check that out. I'll check Eternal Eyes out. Maybe it's something that I have never seen. I would say Eternal Eyes is the precursor to Phantom Brave and this Gaia. So even before there was Phantom Brave, even before was just uh, there was just mm-hmm. Gaia, there was there was Eternal Eyes. Was it so for just the PlayStation circular? One? You you you'll see uh, you'll see the you'll see the similarities once you uh, when you once you okay, see the okay. game. I'll go, I'll go check okay. that out. I'll go check that. Number two on your list, Sir Drew. Okay, so number two on my list. Uh, this was actually not gonna be the one on my list. I tend to change this up a little bit. Uh, and this is a pretty common game and uh, many people uh, would actually not pay mind to it this is uh, my this is by far not better than Valkyria Crowns mind you this is just an alternative that has been bashed it's actually a game that's bashed a lot because of its uh, gameplay its uh, wacky art style its theme and this game is uh, Another uh, somewhat mm. SRPG-ish, SRPG-ish. So an alternative to Valkyria Chronicle. This is uh, Coding's team. So very cheap, mind you. I think you could get this for three dollars. I, I I assume because I checked uh, last time. And uh, the reason why I say it is an al- alternative. This is a uh, same uh, where you take in where you do turns using. Uh, steam power and if it's your turn you move in a third person perspective you shoot your uh you shoot your opponents with your steam power and you could also use uh power emblem characters mark and ike on this particular game and uh the reason why i like uh, this click with me is because I uh, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with Freedom Force and Freedom Force versus the Third Reich uh, on PC. It is an RTS game where uh, anyway same art style and the this particular game uh, uses um, uses real um, uh, US uh, I mean Steam World Punk Steam World uh, aesthetics and steampunk <laughs> thank you for correct steampunk, steampunk aesthetics there you go and the only real reason i brought it up is that it's not as bad as people tend to uh say it is and it's a rather enjoyable change of pace a little bit less uh less serious a little bit more um a, a more comical it's a comical take but at the same time, you could have a really decent time playing this game. 
and for what uh, what it costs now the US I think there's only a US version I haven't I'm not sure if I've seen the Japanese version of this maybe because I'm just not looking but uh, yeah and a very underrated game on the 3DS um, alternative to Valkyria Chronicle codenames team so guys thoughts opinions on this particular game uh, you know what um, what this reminds me of as I look at it, it it reminds me of Valkyria Chronicle yeah yeah you know and, just, just, to, just to start just the the way that they've got that like as he's throwing his um he's doing his line of sight and his grades and that I think it's uh yep from a gameplay from a gameplay point of view um it's it when I saw it I straight away thought of Valkyria Chronicles so yeah. uh, I'm not really saying that it's better because it is by no way near to be in comparison to Valkyria I'm just uh I just brought it up because most people so many people sh- uh bash, bash down, on yeah. this they complain on this game but hey it is here as an alternative if you want to play something like Valkyria on the 3DS and if you want our um alternate style because I tend to like uh comic uh uh early uh this this type of art style the way uh, where it's comical it's a little bit more light-hearted like uh, citizens unite uh those games earthbound those are uh south park uh these are games that are um i also for costume quest also costume quest uh costume. games that are that are light uh, i mean uh, lightly themed uh, they you are also fighting a greater evil in all of these games, but they are um, more. Uh, I mean, they are accessible for everyone, accessible for everyone, not just as adults. So if you're a kid, you want to get into, uh, you want to try G- uh, an RPG. So they are more welcoming than the usual uh, melancholic tones of our of all the games or, or the uh, JRPGs, um, uh, Western RPGs that we are used to. So, as an alternative, this is one of those games. Yeah, yeah. No, you, I can say, I can like say from a, from a gameplay point of view, mate. You can see straight away. You can see straight away. I, I, I this, I'd like to try this one out. This is definitely one I'm going to put down to have a look at because uh, I, I love Valkyria Chronicles. So, uh, yeah, good recommendation, that mate. I like it. Um, I've recently, um, I've actually hacked my 3DS so I can just download this. I've, this is a game that I, I overlooked when I was adding a whole compilation on my 3DS and it's something that I'll have to look into. Uh, it generally has a nice aesthetic. Can you tell me, um, what's the 3D like on it? Because obviously it's, it's got 3D graphics and we can't really see here. Does the 3D really pop or is that not a really big deal for you? <laughs> the question I, 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 I gotta be honest, I rarely do the 3D thing on my 3D. I rarely <laughs> even do the 3D as well. It kind of hurts my <laughs> What eyes. is the meaning of this? This is an outrage. You know, all right, fair I enough. I think I did it. I did it once on I- when I played Icarus or something. Yeah, I- Kid Icarus Uprising is good. Um, but what 3DS is I using? Is it the new 3DS or the original? The, the new 3DS because I okay. bought it simply because that it's the only one that could play Xenoblade uh, when Xenoblade was released. Yeah, you got the yeah, stick. yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's know. the reason why I took it. The 3D it, on and, that is a lot yeah. better. The 3D. I just wanted to make a point for those of you watching and for those of you here. The 3DS is, is a life is a is a world apart from the original 3DS. And whilst we're talking RPGs and and graphics are have gotten better in time, but with turn-based RPGs etc., it's not as much of a big deal. Although presentation is very important, and I do like graphics that pop. 
I'm, I'm one of those people anyway. <laughs> it's something that I like. I like the 3D gimmick. I love that about the 3DS because it really does increase the definition of what you're watching. Some games it can pull off quite well. Some games not so much. That's why I asked the question. It's something Weird. that I like the experience of myself. It's something I like But um, my, my general overall opinion for this game is I like the aesthetic. I like steampunk. I like the design of it. Um, I think that does offer... Um, I mean, I've not played Valkyria Chronicles, so I can't compare. But it does offer something unique because I haven't what? seen anything like this. No. <laughs> really? No, not played it. No, not yeah, really, not played it. Brilliant, brilliant game, mate. Yeah, okay. The, well, Sega? brilliant series, sorry, brilliant series. It's it's Sega. Hey, listen, Sega. It is what it is. Okay, uh, okay, but okay. I played it, but it's it's it's. Um, with Codename Steam. I've seen Codename Steam in our uh, on our trip shops here in Sydney, and uh, for the longest time I've been ignoring it. It's it's on sale, like like around five Australian dollars. And the only reason why I picked it up is because uh, Sir Drew posted uh, in JRPG Philippines that he bought the game. And why would he even why would he even post this game if it's not RPG related, right? So. So I check the gameplay and oh shit, it, it really does resemble uh, Valkyria Pro- Valkyria Chronicles as uh, as far as the um, as far as the gameplay is concerned. What I if if there's one thing that probably one of the reasons why it was underwhelming is because of the cover uh, a few things. Number one, number one is the cover art. It doesn't really. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it really does the game a disservice. It kind of, it kind of fools you on. Uh, it kind of looks cartoonish, so it kind of, it kind of fools the the consumer on on getting it. And looking at the back cover, if you if you have the back cover, if you can see the back cover there, uh, Sir Drew, it, it doesn't really do anything better. I mean, yeah. honestly, I mean, I mean, I mean, look, I mean, look at the back cover right there. It doesn't really, it doesn't really give you anything. Yeah. And the only real reason why I got into this is because I love uh, Freedom Force and Freedom Force versus the Third Reich. I don't know if you guys are familiar with those games. It's uh, only on the P. Um, uh, it's basically it's like uh, like World of Warcraft or Starcraft, but it's solo play. You you have this group of uh, superheroes. You have your own Justice League. Your your own set of Avengers set in this comical world where they battle nazi so uh love those love those games and the pc and that's the reason why i got this uh, i tried this game. i mean i anyway. would say if uh, if the presentation was drawn if the presentation was drawn in an anime-ish kind of uh, kind of manner it may have it may have um it may have received the uh, at least a decent attention from the consumers, but yeah. because of the uh, the cartoonish aesthetic of it, uh, it, uh, it kind of hurt. Mm. Yeah, like Comic Zone, they presented Comic Zone but, like it just straight out of the comics, something like that. Yeah. So uh, we they know. This is the same with Beautiful Joe as well, if you remember that. Yeah, one. yeah, Beautiful yeah. Joe, another awesome game from Platinum. So uh, presented as. It presented the main attraction as its uh, art style. So if maybe if they went ahead and presented the art style as its uh, as its selling point, maybe more people who who like me love the art style of the, as the aforementioned game would more than likely try it out, and not uh, not the other way around where um, something like this is 
they would think that it's a kids game or uh, rather a kiddie game. They think it's an idea. They think yeah, it's a kids game. Yeah, I, I think I think a lot of Nintendo games suffer with that. I'll always look back at Wind. Oh, sorry, Wind Waker when that came out for the Cube, and it was I don't like this cell shaded graphics. Why couldn't they make Link a proper man? Why couldn't they make it look more humanoid? You know, whatever. Why'd they have to make it look like a little cartoon for children? But when you actually get into Wind Waker, I'd say that's one of my favorite Zelda games of all time. I really love that game. Well, that's, a, th- that's a thing. If uh, that's a thing, if they, if Nintendo, Sony, or Microsoft are not showing up trailers of gameplays of their new releases of games, then uh, then the then the marketing suffers as well. So by the end of the day, you you'll end up subpar sales uh, sales numbers because uh, what you see, uh, what 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 the, uh, what the consumers see is, is they're thinking. Oh, this might be something different unless they uh, unless they, um, they buy it or they try it out. What's the age rating on that game, by the way? What's the, the title on that? E. 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 It's e. 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 E for everyone. T. E. T. E. 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 E for everyone. T. T. So it's oh, a T for teens. Okay. <laughs> so, so for 13 plus, I mean, I mean, nah. they what? Oh, I don't know. I mean, they could have nah. made it a bit more adult for teens, but then. I mean, by the the enemies, you're only killing monsters and aliens, Reverage. I mean, unlike Valkyria Chronicles, you actually kill people. Yeah, you you actually shoot people in the head, people right? Well, that's probably why why I never played that game because it's scheduled. Uh, that was horrifying. I'm oh, kidding. is it too violent for you, Reverage? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's where you draw the line, really. I'd have, I'd have nightmares. I'd, I'd cry myself to sleep over that. <laughs> no, no. All jokes aside, um, I, I do think that it's it's a tough one when when they market a video game because on one hand you have to you know make a game out then you want it to sell but if it's too adult because parents do buy a lot of video games for children as well so if a game is like as, as a teenager they're not working yet an early teenager and they say i want this for my birthday i want this for christmas or whatever parent will look at that game thinking okay is this appropriate for my child so there's that aspect too um but on the other side you've got adults who look at these games they're thinking who actually want to play these games and they're thinking oh this is a bit too childish for people just looking at it they they look at it and it's i think those of us all of us have probably been in the position we're thinking like for example wind waker the example i said well i like zelda games it's the gameplay i'm buying it's not exactly my favorite aesthetic but i'm going to play it and give it a go and it turned out to be a great game so sometimes we have to look beyond that and especially with rpgs now you have to look beyond um, because it's the art direction of where, where the studio wanted to go to and if you can't then i'm afraid that's that's your loss definitely anyway. now, unfortunately it is also the loss of the publishers and the developers mm. yeah. it, hurts right. it hurts the game unfortunately mm. right anyway yeah um keeping up with the cell shaded teams i would uh i would go to my third game and uh i would like to ask you guys uh when you say PlayStation to cell shaded game uh, to cell shaded JRPG, uh, which games would you Dragon Age cell shaded Dragon Quest? There Dragon, are a lot. Dragon Quest Eight straight away. See, see, yeah, Dragon Quest Eight. Oh, or, oh yeah, yeah. PlayStation Two, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dragon Quest Eight. You got Arton Alito. You've got Manakemia. You got Star Ocean, Star Ocean. The Star Oceans, a few. Yeah. Tales of Abyss, kind of. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. What else in there? <laughs> okay, so. I mean, there uh, are a lot. Uh, yeah. Luckily, none of you guys said the game. The next game that uh, oh. I say I, I would really, I, I really love this game. I love it so Maybe much. I love this so much. <laughs> I actually named my firstborn 
uh, with the name of one of the characters here. Ooh. And this this one. Mega Man X. Mega Man X. Yeah, yeah. Command uh, of course. Command Mission. Command Mission. Oh, I Command remember that, that, that. That game was actually in the shop I used to work at. I remember putting it on my shelf and nobody bought <laughs> it. Um, I had to sell it for like 97p. <laughs> so I'm not a bargain. Yeah, that game. Yeah, that game. Somebody just bought it for because like, it was because in time like games get reduced a lot. And if like a year it doesn't sell, just to clear it, the company would automatically reduce the price to 97 pence and somebody bought it. <laughs> so I've got a bargain with that one. But anyway, sorry to break your heart I with would... that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm no, sure no, it's a great game. Would... I'm sure it's a great game. So... Yeah, and I would actually uh, argue that. Um, in regards to spin-ups, this is one of those games that they did with Rockman that they did really, really well, in my opinion. Because uh, not only uh, does it have an amazing art style, it actually has a decent story for a spin-up. Uh, and if you have been playing uh, Rockman, the Rockman X series, uh, the the series story. Uh, tends to be a little bit convoluted in regards to Sigma coming back, coming back, coming back, and yeah, and all of those. It's really hard to keep track what's really happening. But is it uh, the story of Rachman X Command Mission is isolated from that, and not not totally isolated, but a little bit isolated from that, and mm. it actually got me with a certain plot. So, um, so that's it. Uh, that's the whole thing that I'm gonna say in regards to the story. But uh, the reason why um, this game, I love this game so much, is its battle system, wherein uh, it is turn-based. But at the same time, the way you control each of your each of the characters. For example, Mega Man, you know that he charges his Buster Shot. So when you play him, you actually hold down the um, X button so that he would charge uh, his Buster Shot. Then you would release it. Then if you're gonna control Zero, you're gonna do some um, some fighting game esque uh, command inputs on your controller like. Uh, uh, you Hadouken or the Shoryuken, uh, the the motions, right. and so it's different for each of the characters. Like here, you have you're seeing here Spider. Uh, he is a card-based character, and it comes with a little bit of plot for you to in regards to your damage. So you control them. Uh, they have um, input control different from each other. Um, and I, I like the aesthetics so much. It's Mega Man at the same time. It is self shaded, and um, yeah, that's uh, I I I don't think I could do more than that to really uh, hype the game up or to convince people to try it out. But because I believe all the people who are into Rackman X have already at least tried it. Or uh, people who are into Rockman that XA have at least tried it. Maybe I wish so. <laughs> I wish they did. And I, I, this is the one port I'm actually really, really waiting Capcom to give me on the Switch because they've already they're gonna release Rockman that XA. So it's only this and Rockman Legends left. So um, just bundle them all together, give it to me so that I save money and get what I want at the same time. Please, Capcom. <laughs> so yeah uh, so have you guys tried uh mega man uh rockman x command mission or um, Mega? I've, I've played mega man battle net 
that's the Mega Man RPG series I played on the Advance, and there were ten of them. They were very successful. This this particular one, when I think (laughs) of Mega Man, when I think of Mega Man, I think of him as a two D side scrolling action game. I don't really think of him as an RPG, and I think that's why this game. Like, I think maybe. There were so many games that I, I used to sell in the shop I used to work in, and this one probably got obscured because you know, like how we said again, and this breaks back to the point earlier, Mega Man was always seen as a younger person's game. Whereas if someone was going to buy an RPG, they'd always go for the mainstream stuff, which is like Final Fantasy and stuff like that. Although that being said, games like Star Ocean would just sit on myself and I, on my shelf, and it would just reduce. And I think the last one I sold was ten pounds. Star Ocean till the end of time on PS2 for ten pounds. What a bargain, right? But. I think the game really has to pop, and I think Mega Man as a series, people would like look at it and think, "No, I want Mega Man as an action game. I don't want it as an RPG." I think that's what it was. I'm just give, I'm just making an assumption here. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I totally that understand, and I totally but, see the. But I can see the merit that this game has. Uh, another thing that I would say is, again, the, the reason I, I, you know, I was one of those snobs back in the day that just didn't know better. I'd listen to people, and again. We were going about how like people always say to me like when I was introduced to RPGs, you should play Chrono Trigger. That's a really good SNES game. You should play Terranigma. You should play, you know, all the Square stuff and the Enix stuff. And that dominated. And it, and the truth is, if you're only going to have so much time to play an RPG, you want to play a good one, right? And if people are recommending and shouting, okay, you know, go for this, this, and this. But something obscure is this that may very well be a great game. You know, you're naming it, so it must be good for something, right? You're, this is a game that's obscure, an unsung hero of a game. Um, and it's something that I've clearly missed out on, you know, because I love Mega Man as an IP, but and I have played the Mega Man Battle Network RPGs on the Advance, and they're wonderful games. This one is one that I've missed out on with regret. That's a great, that's a great point, mate. Because this is exactly why I, uh, yeah, I wanted to do something like that. Especially for so, so, mate. What did you just say? Sorry, can you repeat that? Yeah, uh, us introducing and recommending things to each other is actually yeah, sure. and that's that's really one. The things that why we, we as gamers do reach out to other gamers is to, to get more, more knowledge on the things that we haven't tried and recommend so like based on what they have told us and that might be also the reason why time has created so much obscure uh, so many obscure titles because uh when we were young the internet was not really a prib uh and uh, we don't really have that much of an access and we don't really uh we don't really have that much option in choosing our games and we don't really uh we only get uh the word of mod from the things that are already established and i think the lack of technology really uh really was the bottleneck in terms of getting the word out uh, on this uh, on these titles, and I believe during the PlayStation 2 era, only people with who buys who bought magazines, tips and tricks, Electronic Gaming Monthly, uh, those types of people would have heard of this particular game. So us seeing it on a shelf without any real knowledge on what it is, what it all what it offers, and uh, yeah, I think that's what really really um created this uh, this this scenario for these titles that are unsung that are underrated i, I think sorry to, to just go on this ip again um i'm not having a go at the ip but i am um when i think of mega man and mega man x again i've made this point already about it's really a side scroller sort of run and gun platformer 
Um, and those games, I've, I've beaten Mega Man 1 to 7, I've beaten Mega Man X1 to, X to 3, and I never played X4, 5, and X6, but when the X, you know, X7 and X8 came out for the PlayStation 2, respectively, they weren't very successful. And when Mega Man made that transition into 3D, that, I think that's also what may have hurt this game. Even though this is a totally different genre, it's an RPG. Yeah. I think, I think the, what, what hurt Mega Man, and I remember like playing Mega Man X8 um, at also, the Awesome Games shop that was across my, the shop I worked at, and he had it on the demo. I thought, this game is slow, it's clunky, I don't like the way it controls. And I just put the controller down and that was it. And that was obviously in the Mega Man series, um, but because it, it didn't have that same magic the 2D games had, Whereas this is a, obviously an RPG, so okay, whilst you've got the Mega Man X series that's been hurt with the 3D gameplay, and even the reviews at the time weren't exactly shining, I think when you look at this as an RPG, it's totally a different thing, but it still might have been tainted with the same brush for whatever reason, sadly. Just, uh, I think yeah, that Josh just said exactly the same in it, in it, yeah. The IP, yeah. Um, I mean, there weren't bad games that the, the 3D Mega Man games, but comparatively speaking to another game of a, a genre which Mega Man was in 3D, it had a lot of competition and it had a lot of live, to live up to as well, sadly. But yeah, the competition, sure. yeah, true. Yeah, I, I'll, right. I'll, I'll be honest with you now. One of the reasons why I, I remember seeing this about one of the reasons I weren't interested is because it felt a bit old, old, old hat at the time and like it was between between worlds. Just like I say, oh. you know, Mega Man is platforming. In my, you know, that's what we were raised on. It was a platforming game. So mm. to see something like this, it, it didn't, you know, it, it didn't. I mean, I don't, to be fair, I, I wouldn't I, 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 you know, I, I, I can't remember if I saw it in a magazine or where, but it, I remember just looking over a, a few games like similar to this and just, just kind of being dismissive of them. Do you know what I mean? For those reasons. Yeah. I think it's in my mind it's the case of when I'm playing a Mega Man game, oh, some action, man! Not some. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Not to say that this is a bad RPG. Obviously, we've had <laughs> we've had someone say this is actually a very good game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go. Um, so it's again, it's it's sad in that regard because the IP which is damaged what it is, but then it's not the IP you need to look at. It's actually the raw game element of it. And if you love the IP and you love RPGs, then go for it. But then there are those Mega Man fans that see Mega Man as a certain type of game. So. I, I don't know. Maybe that's it's it. Just, it's just like expecting steak and getting ice cream, isn't it? It's simple as that. Well, <laughs> well the they, they did something. They did something similar on the PSP with Metal Gear Solid with Metal Gear Acid. That's a totally Acid. different game to Metal Gear Solid, right? Metal Gear Acid is a tactical game with 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 cards in there, card based element. So they did something different there, and I didn't really enjoy Metal Gear. I, I mean, I played Metal Gear Acid. I thought, wait, what's this? I thought this was gonna be like Metal Gear Solid. This is a totally different game. It's an abomination. But then I realised <laughs> you have to give it a chance because it's a different it's a different kind of game altogether. And but the thing is, you were expecting Metal Gear Solid. Um, with this thing, obviously it's, it's labelled as you know from picking up the game, you think for me, but then an RPG game, and like I said at the time, <laughs> I'm going around in circles here, would rather play Final Fantasy or something yeah. like that. In, um, in regarding with Command Mission, my take on this, when, uh, so when we did our Mega Man X episode a few, uh, a couple of years back, I said that this is Capcom trying to uh, trying to jump in with the RPG boom at the mm. time, so RPGs was uh, RPGs were uh, uh, were were making a huge buzz. There were a lot of RPGs uh, coming out in the late '90s and early 2000s, and Capcom is like, oh, okay, let's do Mega Man with, uh, but make it an RPG. So let's try that. However, 
sure the combat system uh, is more refined but everything else has been subpar the world the world building in terms of their environments the uh, the world map um, has been underwhelming to say the least and with the Mega Man X it, uh, this is just me with the Mega Man X series even though their uh, story wise they're they're supposed to be interconnected but the but the world where these games takes place they don't feel the same world if, if that makes definitely sense definitely not definitely with not Mega Man, with Mega Man X same characters yeah but the the aesthetic of of Robo uh, of Robo City or, or what, what what do you call the city um it's like that and then coming to X2 it's a different setting X3 it's a different setting X4 is a different setting. X5 different setting. So to me, it kind of hurts the world building that you're trying to do with the same old characters. But every setting that you're every every world setting that you're you're doing is not really interconnected to everything else that you're doing. And then going to command mission, you were you're thinking, okay, where is this game in between on the main screen? In the timeline, where exactly are we? Where exactly are we? When exactly are we? So, so if if you are if you are if you are a uh, if you are a casual fan of Mega Man, sure. But you are uh, an RPG enthusiast, then give it a try. If you are if you are a hardcore Mega Man fan, this may not be for you, because you are used to like Serverage mentioned a 2D platforming, to be 2D platforming. Uh, just shoot whatever comes in front of you slash whoever comes right in front of you that's it you don't take turns yeah. in doing that if um, al- um although we um they did try to make it more action rpg element when they did mega man x7 or x8 i think uh it was still in 3d still and not a lot of people were very appreciative of that though including me but i like so um What's next on your list, uh, Sir Drew? Okay, so um, going back into SRPG again, um, and this is an alternative, uh, an alternate take, uh, or rather something else for you to play besides uh, Fire Emblem. And uh, Fire Emblem as a series is there has never been that much interaction in regards to elevation. So when you're playing Fire Emblem, it's mostly just a flat surface, something that you cannot go through or something of the likes. Wherein uh, this particular game is like uh, Final Fantasy Tactics where there's elevation, where there's... Oh, you mean uh, terrain, different terrains, you mean? Yeah, different terrains. The terrains really do matter in this particular game. And funnily enough, uh, it is a spiritual successor to... Um, a release from before that went uh, went a little bit. I think it's a little went a little bit head to head with the Final Fantasy Tactics Advanced series. Um, this is a spiritual successor to the Luminous Arc series. So this the game's title is Stella Globe. So oh. here's the Stella Globe. Oh, 3DS yeah, game. Stella Globe. Mm. Yeah, so uh, okay. basically, uh, plot-wise, it is uh, you are alto, wherein you could unlock the the songs from this particular uh, heroines, 
or rather this particular uh, witches and you unlock their uh their their powers which are world uh, map wide when you unlock them for example one uh one of them when you unlock her power it uh, heals everyone on your team it's like the summons from the final fantasy uh from final fantasy tactics wherein it's a map wide uh, effect and during those time you have this particular uh, i think powered up time anyway uh so um as an alternate or to uh, the fire emblem fates fire emblem awakening series um this is a much more refreshing take since um the characters here are so um what do you call this a little i know they're a little bit cliche anime wise and one of them is even a ninja that has a a brown uh brown grocery bag on her head because she's particularly shy she it's like um anime gone wild in terms of the characters on this particular game and a little bit aesthetic wise it's a little bit similar to John the Art earlier but uh, since this is um, my alternate to far emblem uh, something else to do that should have a sh- uh, that should be talk more about since um, uh, I really like uh, the characteristics of each of the characters here do resemble their powers um, the 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 ninja there's only one ninja but there are two marks uh, there's two marksmans oh yeah there's two marksmans and uh it is anime cliche to the point wherein you're fighting this person uh, power up uh, power of friendship or something like that so um at the end that you're fighting godlike entities angels and everything so an alternative to fire emblem if you're looking for something uh, more aching to uh, final fantasy tactics rather than the rocks paper scissors style of fire emblem do check out stella glow um uh i cannot if you can, can afford it, it sure yeah <laughs> why? If you can afford it why does why, why do we have to always fr- preach the legitimate path? There isn't a legitimate path as well, you know. But anyway, <laughs> we have to be legitimate I, on this I channel, right? I haven't really checked how much this has gone for nowadays, uh, oh, because I, let's, I, let's got, check I, it I out. got this on release day, and finally, uh, one a funny story regarding this. When I got this, I have I actually have two choices for what game to get. It's either this uh, or R no oh, sir. It's not too bad. I mean, it's forty-six pounds eighty-nine pence if I buy a Stellar Glow, so it's it's not actually going to kill me. Okay. <laughs> so it's not too bad. I, I mean, it's expensive. Don't get me wrong. The, I know it's a, it's a, a thirty-pound game. Thirty-pound game for forty-six. Yeah, a lot worse. A lot worse. A lot worse, mate. A lot worse. Fire Emblem in itself is expensive. Like, Fire I've got, Emblem. Yep. I know that's true. Are. That's true. I mean, I've got Fire I Emblem. <laughs> I've got Fire Emblem Fates. I'm, I'm like, I'm, how much does that go for? I wonder how much it. Um, but I love Fire Emblem because um, that's one. I've, 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 I think I own five, five Fire Emblem games legitimate. Um, but I own five of them, and Fates is one I have, and I, I really love it. Um, Fifty-three. God, he wants seventy pounds for that game. Okay, someone's selling it for thirty-six. Well, okay, that's, a, that's an auction. But yeah, okay, okay. But Fire Emblem does go up because it's just 
it's such a cult thing with Nintendo, isn't it? I mean, I bought the first yeah. Fire Emblem game on the Advance, the first Western release of Fire Emblem, and that goes for £100 now. It's ridiculous. Um, so, look, I do love Fire Emblem. Um, I know you said, oh, it's got a rock, paper, scissors battle scene. <laughs> yeah, it hurts me to admit to that. Yeah, it is, it is the case. But I love the storytelling in Fire Emblem. That's one thing I love about the Fire Emblem series. It's quite a well-written story in, in the games that I've played. Um, what about this particular game? I mean... Stellar Glow, I do like the art design. I like the way it plays. I, you know, okay, you got these anime characters, but okay, whatever. I, I like the way it plays. But what's the story like in this game? I mean, what what drew you into this anime-ish. 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 Okay. Anime-ish, as in you, it's the, all the cliches are there. I think one of the main uh, cons regarding this, one of the main complaints, is that mm. the cliche, the tropes that are in this game. We're okay. In, so there's but, a bit of tongue but, in tongue. Tongue and cheek and yeah. humor in there. Okay. Yeah, de- right. definitely a lot of uh, tongue and cheek humor, a lot of uh, a lot of otaku lewdness, uh, lewdness on this particular game. It oh. really is an it really it is uh, a very otaku game. If mm. uh, if I have to summarize it in uh, <laughs> into a sentence, it's a very otaku SRPG. It, it's for, it the, is for the weebs. Serverage. Yes, yeah. just say, just look at that. Okay, for the weebs. Is, out there. Say no I've more. Seen, say no more. I've seen a, is <laughs> it. Is it? Is it? Is her name Hilda, the the witch? Yes. Yeah, I've, I've yes. seen. I've seen a lot of cosplay of her on Twitter. I've seen a lot, <laughs> a lot of cosplay of her on Twitter. So uh, yeah, I get where you're coming from, mate. All right. So yeah. Since uh, also uh, Fire Emblem is also a game for weebs since. It's uh, it's basically oh, a wife yeah. and a husband similar. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna say I, say any more on that on Fire Emblem, man. I, I suppose there is a truth to that because, um, but I'm not gonna say if I had any crush on these Fire Emblem characters. <laughs> Actually, um, I'm still playing uh, Engage up to now. I've been since release. I haven't touched any other game except Engage. So yeah, it's still in the Fire Emblem. Uh, it's still in the Fire Emblem train, and it's not stopping it. <laughs> I mean, out of all the games you mentioned, I actually like this one the most because it had. I can because obviously I've, I've touched Fire Emblem, and this is only like it's got the same genetics of it, and it builds on more on it. So this is quite interesting. I might have to look into Stellar Glow. Stellar Glow. Good choice, mate. Good choice. Good choice. Good choice. This one. Stellar Glow. All right. Are we so, done with your games list? <laughs> there should be one more. <laughs> there should be one more. more but uh, okay, so it's a uh, bit of a stretch because there's not really a lot of uh, JRPGs or rather RPGs in this particular art style. So uh, this is an alternate to uh, the Vanilla Bear game. Um, we have Oboro Muramasa and we have Odin Sphere from Vanilla Bear wherein you have um, side-scrolling, side, a side-scrolling type of gameplay. It has such beautiful storytelling and I think there uh, it's not really in comparison or in the same atmosphere as these two particular games. I love Vanillaware so much that uh, I'm. Uh, it actually hurts me to say this is an ah. alternate. <laughs> it actually because uh, when you see 2D side-scrolling ba- battle, uh, beautiful art style JRPG, you could only either say. Uh, Odin Spear or Odin Spear or Oboro Muramasa. So um, this is just if you have played these two particular games and you still need to scratch that. Itch. 
that uh, something along those lines i would recommend uh checking out das an elysian tale unfortunately i do not have a physical copy of this and i think um it's only released i'm not i'm not even sure who released it or if it was even released as a physical copy by uh your gg games or lrg uh srg i i currently do not own any games from those particular um publishers anyway so that's an elision tale story-wise and not in any particular way gonna be that memorable but gameplay wise and that is what's really uh, fantastic in regards to this and you could chain combos up to it's like uh doing devil make right combos but in a 2d jrpg setting so uh it's just an alternate and and i don't really have much to say about this rather than it has a very memorable gameplay because i forgot the story so i the only real reason i'm recommending this is i like the gameplay because it's uh really engaging like uh, devil may cry something like oh and keep i'm doing this combos lots of numbers lots of lots of uh beautiful things are happening on the screen so if you have played oboro muramasa and Odin Spear still need to scratch that itch because I don't think there's any other game right now that's uh that's like um like this uh, I know there's a lot of Metroidvania but in the um in this particular uh setting I think this is as close as we can get Now this is one of this is a total new one on me this one mate a total new one It, on it reminds it reminds me a bit of a I'm not saying it is, but it reminds me a bit of Hollow Knight in its art design. But obviously, this is better graphics than Hollow Knight, um, and it's an action RPG. It looks like with Metroidvania elements. Obviously, um, you get, you're, obviously I can see it's a level up system. So, I'm wondering. I think you're playing in 60 frames per second here, no? 60 FPS. I mean, it, the movement, the movement is so fluid. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I love that. I, I was not impressed with Odin Sphere. I didn't enjoy it. Um, but I like the idea of it, and I'm looking at this. I'm thinking this looks like a great alternative, a really great alternative, mate. Mm, mm. It, it is nice looking. This game. It reminds me of um, in the way it plays. So Guardian Heroes. <laughs> it's not okay, not Guardian Heroes, but it's, yeah, so I don't know if you ever played Castlevania: Ari of Sorrow. Yeah. yeah. Ah, yeah. So it's it's like that. Obviously, this is a world apart from Mario. Sorry. Obviously, you've got a level up system, and but you do have a map there, don't you? So there is an exploration element to this game, and that's why I meet. That's why I link it to a Metroidvania-style game. Um, the question is, is this is loosely an RPG from from where I see? It. I see it more of it, more action than RPG, but obviously you have the level up system up there. So I can understand why you would say, okay, this is a, an alternative RPG. Yeah, I think, I, th I think, so, I think yeah. in our day, mate, this this would have been just known as an hack and slash game, wouldn't it? Blades of Vengeance, yeah. hack and slash. Blades of, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's look, I'm not, no, no criticism here, no judgment here. So mm -hmm. If you want to say it's an obscure RPG, and it's something I haven't heard of, and it's a game that's new and fresh, and it it has that sort of new homebrew look about it, doesn't? Uh, where, like, where it's like a homebrew developer that put a lot of eggs in this game and have really pushed it to be the best of its, its caliber and it, it does have a nice finish to it i like the presentation of this particular yeah, game. yeah um just like you know obviously hollow knight was one of those games of that has that vibe too that's what it reminds me of as well it's like it has castlevania or sorry I'm, 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 I'm hollow knight vibes but go on you were saying 
Yeah, yeah. It, um, one reason why I wanted to really bring this one up is because uh, I really didn't cannot find any alternative to other spear, so that's the reason why I discovered it. And um, I remember playing this and having a grand time. I played this uh, on the Xbox, uh, it's on the 360, and I still I still uh, have it installed on my PlayStation 4. I just haven't touched it in a really long while and uh, I really enjoyed the gameplay so much but I rarely do hear anyone uh, recommend it either in the metroidvania sense or in the JRPG sense or anything that would be connected to this particular game so that's uh, just wanted to uh, really spread word that there's this particular game that I think if this is also always on sale either I, I know it's available on Steam um, available on the PSN so uh, I'm, I just haven't seen it on the Switch I think maybe if they put it on the Switch maybe it, if if it's not on the Switch I'm not sure I haven't really checked so maybe if it's not on the Switch they put it on the Switch it could gain more traction since more games of the similar visuals or rather similar gameplays are getting more recognition nowadays maybe so um a little, a little bit sorry if i i tried to push this <laughs> as uh, some alternate for a jrpg but since uh i since other spirit is uh in all of its senses uh jrpg so something along those lines yeah no so I, i'm gonna check it out mate I'm, I'm getting a new pc in a month too so when i get that i'm gonna i'm gonna get this i like the look of it and I mean you have you have a variety of equipment you have a variety of items being used you're talking to a lot of npcs <laughs> you're fighting monsters so there uh, there are plenty of things there are plenty of rpg elements here uh, because just because it's not it's just because you're not fighting any party just because uh just because it's not anime ish it's just because it's not turn based doesn't necessarily mean it's not an rpg i mean it's, i mean even even castlevania um symphony of the night yeah right uh it is kind of debated whether it's a rpg or just you know uh, just a platform well, just another platformer well you know i mean for me you're getting experience here obviously i mean if you're looking at this particular game there are adventure elements you are talking to npcs as you mentioned there are exploration elements so for me it's an action adventure game with rpg elements it's an action adventure rpg that's what i'd categorize this game in if i'm being technical about it. this this to me is a, a, a what you just brought up playing what you brought up playing and you used to that's how you class things isn't it do you know what i mean so uh, but it looks good mate it looks good very good top man top man top selection all right so that's our uh, that's our drew's list very good um how about we go with sir dan mm. yeah right my list right let's uh Oh, there we go. Let's flag Chrono Trigger. Go on, flip it next. Here we go. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, we don't look. I, I think Chrono Trigger is a good game, um, but the hype it gets it is you go into any uh, any for on any forum or to any Facebook RPG group, you will get swarmed with people telling you Chrono Trigger is the best get probably best game of all time best RPG of all time and pretty much the best definitely the best 16 bit era uh, RPG ever well it, in my opinion it's not in my opinion um 
that uh, that honor belongs to Fantasy Star Four, or at least in the same style of uh, of Chrono Trigger. Um, mm. And for me, Fantasy Star Four, obviously a Sega Mega Drive um, stroke Genesis game um, made by Sega themselves, uh, and it's the final instalment of a four-piece um, series. Which for number for one, that makes it um, stand out to me against all your your Final Fantasies and your um, Chrono Triggers and all that because when I grew up playing them I'd go to a Final Fantasy game or, or, or whatever and they wouldn't be connected Final Fantasy 2 was not connected to 3 3 was not connected to 4 and the, the Fantasy Star series are quite connected they do they are separate stories in themselves um, but there's a, a you know they're all in the same solar system there's a connection throughout history and Final uh, sorry Fan, Fantasy Star 4 ties up the series superbly um, and it was also really revolutionary uh, and that's one of the things that, that for me um, gets me with the Chrono Trigger thing because a lot of people say Chrono Trigger invented macro combos well they were in Fantasy Star 4 first um, a lot of people say um, that Chrono Trigger invented multiple endings well Fantasy Star 3 actually did that before uh, Chrono Trigger uh, and for me, Fantasy Star Four is just—it's just peak JRPG gaming. It's got—it's got absolutely yeah. um, everything from that kind of turn-based setup that you want. The exploration's lovely. Um, the the presentation's fantastic. You know, it was one. Of the, it, it's the first game I can remember to have all the comic book cutscenes. Um, you know, you like Chrono, Chrono Trigger every. Every story section is told by people walking around and just saying dialogue. Whereas this, you've got what we're seeing now, you get actual comic book cutscenes. And that, bear in mind, this came out two years before Chrono Trigger. So so when I played this, that set the standard. And then I went to games later, like Final Fantasy VI and like Chrono Trigger, and they weren't doing what we're seeing now in front of us with these cutscenes. And, and I was like, wait a second, how come they were hyped so much? Because it felt like a big step back. Um, to me compared to Fantasy Star 4 um, but it's fucking fantastically paced mm. uh, it's got really good combat something that else I think lets Chrono Trigger down because Chrono Trigger is really really easy and straightforward I'm not saying it's you know it's, it's, I'm not saying it's bad combat but there's a lot of battles you can literally just not look at and, and keep pressing A um, and it's and it's you know really straightforward with fantasy star 4 you have to keep more of an eye on it and it's got a few pinch points that test you um and it's and because it wraps up that four series um arc to me it's just it's just an incredible game all around and, and what i love about it is you can play this as your first fantasy star and you don't have to have played your first three but then when you go back and play your first three and then play this it's an even better game for it so i i, I think this is an almost perfect jrpg this Mm. Mm. I like it. I, yeah. I mean, I beat this game two years ago. I beat this game two years ago on the Mega Drive Mini because it came preloaded, and um, you know, I I tried to play it on and off in the early two thousands. That's when I started playing it on ROM, and I I actually hacked my PlayStation Portable and I put the game on there. I used to carry it with me, and then. I never really consistently got past a certain point. And then I thought, okay, the Mega Drive Mini's here. What's the first game I'm going to play? Fantasy Star 4. And um, I thought, let's do this. It's lockdown. I've got time. Let's play this game. And I, I, a few things you, you, you know, you, I want to add to what you said, Dan, is um, there's, you, you know, you talk about how Final Fantasy, you know, obviously, 
everyone goes on about how Square has were the first to do this, were the first to do that. Well, people go on about how Final Fantasy VII. There was a a certain character that that died that everyone's heartbroken about. This game did it first. You know, this game did it first. And when you talk about um, you know, uh, sorry, I didn't want to say the character's name because it'd be a spoiler. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but when you talk about how <laughs> um, the, the, the comic scene, what I love about the little comic strips, you know that you've reached a milestone at that point in the game when you see that comic strip, there's a turning yeah. point in that game. You've reached a point and there's a, there's a self of elevation when you, when you get to that point in the game. Yeah, I love it, yeah. Um, so it's a, a marvellous piece of storytelling. Um, you go from one planet to another, so you're going off-world, and it makes the game is big. You know, you got Motavia where you start off of, and when you get to a certain point, you get to another point, and then the plot thickens. You're wondering, okay, where, where's this story going? What, what's happening now? It gets it, the story just gets bigger and bigger, and it, there's a lot to consider, and, and the stakes are higher. And you know, it, it is wonderful in terms of the art design, how you can get two. You made an interesting point about the battle system. And it's really cool how you can get two characters to sort of interact with each other to create an attack and things like that. Um, and for 1994-95 when this thing was out, that was outstanding. And another little known fact about this particular game is Sega were going to release this for the Sega Mega CD. I'm glad they didn't because yeah. obviously not a lot of people would have, would have gone for it. But yeah. Yeah. it would be nice if they made a Mega CD version with a, a nice CD soundtrack. But this is a really, really good Mega Drive game. And it's one that I think a lot that has been overlooked um, because when people think of RPGs, if we're talking 16-bit era, everyone just jumps on the Super Nintendo, right? Let's just forget Sega Mega Drive. But this is an outstanding game and uh, a story that's for, the story in it is very near and dear to my heart since I'm a big fan of science fiction. So probably the best science fiction RPG I've ever. Played. There we go. There we go. Well said, mate. Very well said. Just, just, to, just to touch on something else you said then. With the combo system, what I like about this as well that I prefer to um, Chrono Trigger is that your combos can fail. You have to you have to set it up right and you have to execute it right for the combos to work. And it's so much more satisfying. Do you know what I mean it's mm. so and it and it gives it battles such a bigger dynamic because you go in and you're like, right, well, I'm going to set this up and it should it should work, but it don't always work. It's based on the players' um, initiatives and it, and if an enemy interrupts can get get a turn in before one of the other characters then mm. your combo don't work and then it just it just makes it more fun to me that so we're mm. actually, i'm glad you've made that point mate but yes very good points too virage like it yeah um and and just to go very quickly on back on the characters uh how we discussed there was a, a game before this where we talk about tongue and cheek and then and, and the character interactions there, there is a particular part in this this game which is quite funny actually so there's a there's a bit of humor in there there's a bit of tension in there it is a serious game it is a serious story I, we're talking about but there is a bit of humor in there which is i good. think the, the humor in this is fantastic yeah. that's one of the biggest things for me because uh. it's so well written it's amazingly written for a 1993 game mm. and it's it's the, some of the humor in it is uh, it doesn't feel out of place and mm. um it, yeah I, I, I totally agree with that mate I totally agree all right okay so how about you sir I drew think, what i think i'm the only one who has not played fantasy star yet uh on this right, group okay. and one of the reasons one of the reasons is because as i have stated i started with final fantasy tactics so um i was about to get into this series because um somebody posted since i'm in japan so any uh i there's a, a little it's strict here when it comes to downloading stuff for emulation and all those things and 
Um, so most of the games that I have been playing since I have moved here in Japan are uh, ones where I have the physical copy. And one of the people from JRPG Philippines posted about the Sega Ages series that uh, yes. the Volume 32 has yes. a full English language support. Now, um, that was what, uh, my mistake that I didn't clarify which volume has the full English language support. So the first fantasy star, the first Sega Ages fantasy star that I saw, that mm -hmm. just grabbed it, did an impulse buy on it. When I went home, yeah, oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah. It's a shame. It is a shame that happened. Oh, well, never mind. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, and uh, not really since... Um, if you, if you can still find it, Sega Ages yeah, Volume 32. Yeah, if you, yeah, if you yeah. can still find one. And it's the selling, uh, I think the average price for it right now is $150, I think, on Mercari, Rakuten, everywhere I've looked. So hopefully I'll see some, I'll see it on one of my hunts for a very decent price. Anyway, I only spent around uh, 10 bucks, I think, for the 10 $15. I forgot the right con uh, conversion for volume 18 and uh, the artwork's beautiful so i don't I, i can't really complain that much since uh, i'll just put it on the shelf i could always resell it but uh, i really don't have any use for it if i eventually find volume 32 so um, hopefully i get to play the series heard so much praise not mm. only uh, from everyone i know even uh, youtubers like uh, happy console gaming has could not stop talking about this particular game so uh, this mm. particular series really always wanted to get into it um, maybe maybe one of one of these days i'll get it i'll, no, I'll finally get that volume 32. no fingers crossed mate fingers crossed yeah fingers all right all right, all right. Game, this, this game let's do this next game right well seeing as we've touched on final fantasy a few times uh final fantasy obviously is oh, a strange series to me a really strange series it's, it's got some good games but it's just it's evolution's weird and obviously now <laughs> it's 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 it's, a, it's evolved into a pretty much an action action game really especially with final fantasy 16 look it looks like devil may cry um and pretty that's much what the kids want yeah that's fair enough that's fair enough um so my next game is is basically what I class personally as the last true Final Fantasy game, uh, and that's Lost Odyssey um, on the oh. Xbox 360. Um, oh because it, it essentially, um, I say, made by one of the creators. I, I forgot his name now. Virage should. Aguchi. 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 That's it. Um, Hiro Nobu Sakaguchi. Hiro Nobu. Sakaguchi. Right, okay. Um, sorry, mate. Yeah, um, he obviously had a huge input into this game. And you can, it is basically a, a traditional Final Fantasy game. And what he's done is he's taken pretty much all the um, best bits of the, um, the turn-based Final Fantasy games um, and pretty much perfected it in Lost Odyssey. Mm. Uh, and, it's, and it is... It is just, you know, if they'd have made this a Final Fantasy game, it'd have been the best way to, to have end that turn-based era for me. Um, but obviously, it's its own thing. And because it's its own thing, it feels refreshing. It feels different. Um, 
there's a lot of um, there's a lot of actual storytelling depth in this as well. I'm not saying that there's not in Final Fantasy, but Final Fantasy games um, are about spectacle or as much as as much a story. You have the story, but you know it's, it's about exploring that spectacular world. Whereas Lost Odyssey contains um, a thousand years of lost dreams, um, which is basically the character reminiscing. Um, because he's a more, an immortal character, which you find out very early, so it's not a spoiler. Um, but he basically reminisces on all all his memories that he's had over a thousand years, uh, and and it makes it makes this game it gives the game a lot of substance, gives the game a lot of depth, mm. um, and it's another game as well with, with a, a lot of great humour. Jansen's the comic relief character in it, and he is fantastic. He absolutely makes me owl. He's he's always trying to get his leg over with other women. Um, he's always acting stupid. He uh, got the he, he got oh. the best girl though. He got the best girl. Well, this is it exactly. This is it. This I mean, Madrid, mad respect to uh, yeah. to Jansen. Mad respect. You got a bit of Ming. Everyone was a bit of Ming, mate. So we're. Uh, oh gosh, there we go. So, but uh, but yes, it's, it's to, to to me this is a. Uh, um, I won't say I won't say it's an underrated game. So a lot of people do know of it and play it, but I think it's uh, I find. In my opinion, it's the best Final Fantasy game, and I find it, you know, it never it never gets talked about up in the class. You know, people talk about Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy X, Final Fantasy VI as best JRPGs ever, and for, for me, this is better and um, and should be should be mentioned alongside them. Okay, fascinating. All right, I think so one of the nice. reasons why uh, it was a hard sell since uh, I believe it was released on Xbox 360. 360 exclusive. Um, was it? The same time as uh, was it also released? I think it's exclusive, right? It's exclusive to Xbox 360 along with Blue Dragon. Yep, um, yeah, I Dragon think Wars, yeah. The Last Remnant, same is company also there. Yeah, yeah, The Last Remnant, Tales of Vesperia. So, yeah, during this time, it was us a leg wherein the Xbox trying to get to tap into the JRPG market and they are releasing this but the problem is uh, Xbox 360 is more known for its multiplayer aspects because of mm. uh, we got Halo we got Gears of uh, Gears of War uh, we got Forza we're in um, during that time when you have uh, when you when you buy a 360 you're not thinking of JRPGs you're not thinking of uh, the single player uh, experience or thinking of getting the multiplayer on you're thinking of the shooters the driving and all of those uh, uh, all of those uh, particular genres so I think that is uh, one of the reasons why it became underrated under uh, under hype it's just the market was not there they are not willing to buy a 360 yeah. just to play a JRP <laughs> during this particular time so I think that is what held this back um did uh, I, was uh, the last story also by Miss Walker I'm 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 yes. a yeah okay so uh, yes. we're in uh, there we have it uh, the last story same uh, we exclusive yeah, we exclusive, but at the same time, it was released on the last, the last lifeline of the Wii, wherein everybody was moving towards the next generation. So same fate. So I think that is one of the reasons is that uh, there are just not that many people who experience this game. 
so um, maybe that is why it has become what it is and also um the main character design i believe is one of those things that might have uh made people not get into uh into this and not i'm not crapping on i'm not really crapping it's just that it's not the regular it's not the regular either super pretty boy or super ragged uh ragged protagonist yeah. uh, really it's, it's like a, he's like an egg with a wig <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm sorry if uh, that uh, that's dropping on it too much, but uh, <laughs> it's not that uh, aesthetically pleasing to look at. That came from a bald guy, anyway. <laughs> so yeah, I, that's that's my take on why uh, the lost. There, there's a there's a reason for that actually. Yeah. Anyway, that, I I think uh, that's that's my opinion on why it didn't get uh, the didn't get the recognition that uh, it should have had yeah I, th- um, I think I think they're great points great points mate I remember selling this game actually from looking at the cover art of it and looking at it and um, I, that didn't go to clearance that did actually sell out in my shop to be fair but I agree with the point raised earlier um, when you want back in that those days when that sixth was it uh, well, uh, seventh generation was emerging shall we say um, the PS3 was always seen as like a single player console for JRPG, shall we say. Um, and, but it did have everything on it. But then you had like the Xbox 360, which was more for online gaming predominantly. Um, and it's like you said, games like Gears of War, Halo, that's what you associate the Xbox 360 with. And then you had the Wii, which is something else. Um, so yeah, I would say that predominantly the PS3 for that era was something that people well Sony is a brand PlayStation is a brand is something that you'd associate RPG gaming with not necessarily Microsoft Xbox so it's probably what probably hurt the game is that it was exclusive to a format which was yeah. trying something new it wanted to be it's obviously not something it's not it's not something that is you think of RPG gaming when you think of the Xbox because it's, it's, it's an American company isn't it and yeah. when you think of RPGs you think of Japanese Japan you think of Nintendo Japan Sony of Japan you don't think that these Japanese companies would go on the Microsoft Xbox but then saying that they they put Final Fantasy 12 on the Xbox 360 as well so you know it's, it was one of those things but predominantly RPG gamers the PlayStation but look that being said again it's a it's an unsung hero because it was on a system that we didn't well a lot, a lot of people would, would go for this game but I remember selling out of this game in my shop but I didn't really know much about it it just left the shelves like a couple of weeks after it was released and I never got any more in stock so there you go nice this was a um, this was a weird time during uh, during that era uh, it was noted that when Sa- uh, when Sakaguchi left Square after um, after Final Fantasy Spirits Within bomb <laughs> in the box office so mm. so he left and created Miss Walker. So um, Xbox 360 was trying to get a foothold on Japan, and one of their strategies is trying to cater, uh, trying to get more Japanese developers in um, uh, to have exclusives coming out for the 360. And they were able to convince Sakaguchi, Miss Walker, his company. Uh, they were able to land two exclusives. This is, and that was blue dragon and um, and your lost odyssey and you would think sakaguchi then basically this should be a playstation uh this should be a playstation release if, if it's a, if it's an uh, if it's an rpg and around this time uh when uh when they're when they're going to, when they were uh, when the industry was jumping to the hd mi era 
there were fi- uh, there were personal frictions between Sakaguchi and Ken Kutaragi of PlayStation. He did not like Kutaragi at all, and he he, he thought that the architecture for the PlayStation 3 was quite dodgy at best. Mm-hmm. That. Uh, it it may be a little bit difficult for them to come up with a decent game. Uh, his vision for Lost Odyssey, if they're going to uh, if they're going to come up with the game on the PlayStation 3, so they uh, they, they they took the offer from from uh, from Microsoft, and they um, so they they, uh, they mostly financed this game. Uh, so they gained the exclusivity for for Lost Odyssey. In terms of game, de- in terms of the character designs, Ken, uh, Ken uh, Sakaguchi said that he did not want his characters to look like any any culture, any denomination, any racial stereotypes whatsoever. This includes anime-ish tropes, anime-ish d- designs. So, um, so, so the so the, the character design is like this. He also uh, he also employed. A light novel, uh, a light novelist, to come up with the Thousand Dreams, Sir Dan. So that's why you you have this uh, you have these excerpts every now and then. Every time Kaim, the main character, uh, goes into um, into his dream state, remembering all of uh, remembering these dreams that was basically uh, reminiscing his old days back um, a few years back because he's basically an immortal and he's not and about this game he's not the only immortal in this game there are one two three i think four i think four of them and time here is the only one who have who has this and for me when i play this game i'm like okay this adds more dimension to kane uh, to the main character but there are there are other immortals in your party where are their where are where, where are their dream sequence i mean they, i mean uh, you know what i mean i mean uh, the um you're not really fleshing out some of your characters as well um i don't want i don't want to spoil it too much but uh some of the characters can come out a little bit too the uh, very very two dimensional in terms of their in terms of their personality and backstories time gets more Uh, more screen, uh, more screen time here, especially with this, uh, with this light novel, uh, light novel pre- uh, presentation of his backstory and all that. But in terms of gameplay, oh, definitely. Uh, if you are, if you are a fan of Final Fantasy X, before they jump to 11 and 12, this and Sir Dan's right, this would be the last Final Fantasy turn-based, uh, turn-based combat system. In terms of, uh, in terms of skills. Uh, they, I think they even they even uh, used the materia system here. You're collecting special um, uh, it's, special it's, gems, uh, right? What do they call that? Right, bracelets and that. So you so you put all of those in your on your special bracelets uh, to come up with additional skills, additional attributes, special uh, special abilities. So it, it, very reminiscent of Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy X in uh, in, in those regards. So yeah, um, there are there's also a lot of side questing, optional bosses here as well. Um, storytelling quite a little bit jarring, a little bit convoluted if you're if you if you really are paying attention to the story. But hey. Um, this is not this is this. I will not recommend this to a beginner. Okay, 
maybe for an intermediate uh, RPG player, maybe. But for a beginner, this may be too much. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough, man. Okay. I'd probably have to say I wouldn't recommend Fantasy Star 4 to a beginner either, to be honest. <laughs> to a beginner. <laughs> so, I wouldn't. Uh, no, I'll be honest with you, yeah? Like, if yeah, you yeah, at, yeah, definitely. Look, if you look at, like, the... Look, uh, so I know we're backtracking on the game before this, but Fantasy Star as a series is an intermediary... RPG, I would say, into to hard RPG, mm. especially the first one. I'd say first, first fantasy style is very difficult to get into. It's a lot of grinding before you get into it. Um, but I will, I will say that if you've played Final Fantasy and you've enjoyed it, now come and join us with the big boys and play Fantasy Star because that's like that's that's it. that you've got you've had you've got you've, you've had the training wheels on your bike now. Take the training wheels off and now ride the bike with Fantasy Star. That's, what I want to say. <laughs> like, that's my analogy. I mean. Don't let the 16-bit graphics fool you. <laughs> the story, the story can be pretty dark. Yeah. Very mature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this game and, right. Final, and Fantasy Star Four. And you, you love Next your game, dark. Yeah. You love you love your darkness, Dan. You love your darkness. <laughs> well, well, there's yeah. not. Yeah, funnily enough, well, if we're talking, um, if we're talking slightly more um, intermediate, should yeah. we say? Uh, RPGs, then um, we've already talked about the Fire Emblem series. Uh, I've not actually played that much of the Fire Emblem series. I've I've flirted with it a little bit, done a few bits here and there, but I've I've not really got my teeth into it. Start with the GBA one, the first GBA Fire Emblem that was released to the West. That's always a good starting point. Right. Well, I've got, I'm, I'm going through that library when I finish with 16 bits, so I'll, I'll be on that, mate. I'll be on that. Okay. But, uh, They're a lot of fun. They are a lot of fun, I'll say. Well, I mean, what I've played on them were all right, but the one the one um, series which gets far less recognition that I think is an awesome series, mm. and, also, and I, I'm going to pick my favourite entry, which is the first entry from it, um, and that's the Langrisha series. Mm. Uh, and the first, oh, Yeah, yeah the, uh, the, the first... Warsong. Warsong, exactly. The Warsong? First, that's the, first that's the Genesis. So, so it's called Warsong on the Genesis, and it's also, it, I think, it, yeah, it came included on the Mega Drive Mini 2, didn't it? It Warsong? did, mate. It yeah, did, so, yes. so you, you can play that game there, but it was known as Langrissa in Japan, and there was a sequel called Langrissa 2. Sadly, Warsong didn't do well in the West, uh, so Langrissa 2 stayed in Japan. Yeah. But there's an English translation patch if you want to play Langrissa. It's bomb. I've finished both on them many times over. Mm. I, like, I really like Langrissa 2. I think it's a great game. But it doesn't have permadeath, whereas Warsong has permadeath. And for me, the story—I mean, the story—is is cliche, basic. You're an hero, get a sword, kill a big bad thing. Story's not even really worth you know taking note of, really. Um, but the actual battles are f- absolutely fantastic, absolutely fantastic, and it's just got. It's got such a beautifully balanced difficulty in this game. It really has, and and, and the way that everything ties in mechanically with um, regards to where your troops' positions in relations to their generals, and the way you can evolve your troops through different careers and, and balance your team out, uh, and and the fact that you've got permadeath in there means it's a really nice. When I say challenging, it's not brutal. But you have to think, you know what I mean. You've got, but you've got to be on your game to progress with this. Um, and each map um, usually holds a special surprise. You know what I mean? There's, there's normally something. If you, if you look at a map and say, "Right, I'm going to set my soldiers out um, in this certain way with this game plan in mind," usually something will shake that game plan up along the way. So um, for me, this is if you're a strategy RPG fan like Drew is, 
Um, for, for me, this is a this is a fantastic strategy RPG to get your teeth into. It, it really it really is. There's a lot there's a lot more to it um, than than you're just looking at it. You think it looks really simple mm. and basic. There's, there's a lot more to it. It's great stuff. Yeah. So very nice. I mean, I've given this game a go, but then I just said not. <laughs> That's me, but no. it, it does involve a, it does involve a lot of time and patience because yeah, yeah. there's a lot to analyze and you need to focus a lot. It's not as easy as Fire Emblem in that regard. Fire oh, Emblem, no, no. Fire Emblem is easier to play. This is okay. I have to. It's, it's like a game of chess. This particular game, you're, you're looking at okay, what can he do? What can he do? What's his strengths? What's his weaknesses? And there's a lot more to it than just yeah. So that's why I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to like literally sit there and take my time. With this one. The, f- the first ta- the first time I played this it took me seven attempts to beat the first battle. Yeah, I knew that. I knew that was going to happen with me as well. <laughs> so I thought, no, no, I'm going to wait for a bit, and then mm, okay. It, so it, 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 it took me. Um, I think it's because I approach you, you approach it a lot of strategy RPGs. You approach um, to kill everything um, to maximise your experience points gain, uh, and if you do that all the time with this, especially that first battle, you're going to get you're going to get you, you you're going to get wiped out. So. Um, there's, I mean, there's another game similar to this. I don't know if you've heard about it. It's on Sega CD. It's called Dark Wizard. Dark, Dark Wizard, yeah. Dark Wizard, yeah. yeah. So that's that's a very interesting game as well. That comes. It has the same genetic, but it's much it has more more depth than even this. I would say. Yeah. And yeah. I gave it a go, and I was like, I'm getting my my ass handed to me. Got this game is punishing me. This guy. Is, this is an expert a tactical RPG game. Yeah, yeah I to, I, I'm getting. I'm gonna cry if I finish this. <laughs> if I try to do this, so it is. Seriously, Dark Wizard is a, is a, is one mother of a game. Sadly, it's only on Sega Siege. It's hard to get those, but uh, it, it shares the same genetic material as this. I can. Um, yeah, yeah. But very good. Very good suggestion. These these particular games. I just wanted to mention Dark Wizard. That's that's a good one. No, well. I, 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 and definitely. And if you're gonna play it, Joe, Joe's just put. You put. Have you got the PlayStation Four version? Is it Joe? Oh yeah. Yeah. Bad man. Right here. Yeah. So that's a lot easier. That is that is like that's a tr- if you want to if you want to tr- if you're getting your ass under two year on the proper version, um, give it, give that a go instead because that's a nice. Easy not, hey, listen, to. I'm not saying I don't mind having my ass handed to me. I'll play <laughs> it. You know what I mean? Like I'm not a baby, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll take I'll a beating. <laughs> not, not you in particular, mate. Just just people in general. If, if people in general are. Are struggling to get into Warsong on the uh, on the Sega Genesis, yeah. then th- there's always this option too. But okay. this is yeah. this is really really I can't I can't play this. It's, it's if, uh... it's got, I mean, it's got some nice. To be honest, it's easy on the eyes. I'll give it that much, and it would be with your feeling on PS2. Yeah. So on PS4. So, so. This is, this is, this, oh, oh, seriously, that that's, <laughs> that's easy in the eyes right the there. Eyes. <laughs> that's not easy in the eyes right there. I mean, look at Definitely that. Easier. Uh, I mean, Definitely um, so easy in the eyes. I can see. So I'm just I'm just gonna pause it right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a point. So for all much. of you guys who really want to play Land Grizer yes. two, you can just check out the PlayStation Four version. Trust me, you'll you're, you're gonna you're, you're gonna enjoy it more rather than looking at the 16 bit sprites on the Mega Drive. All right. Hey, some of the 16 bit sprites. Let me, let me just make clear how how. Because I've not played. I, I'm assuming it's the same version because I've played it on Steam, not PlayStation Four. So I'm 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 assuming the Steam version is the same as the PlayStation version. Oh yeah, but well, but it is visually. Very, it's way it's way too easy. It is literally. It's not the same game. It's worth playing if you want a just a, a relaxing strategy RPG just to forget about. But it's 
it's so I find it fucking boring. All right. So, uh, so okay. So okay. The PlayStation Four version has two, as we saw in that picture, two very big reasons. Two very good reasons. Why I wanna, why, two why reason, want to play. Two big reasons. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, again, another reason be yes, it's easy. Obviously, aesthetically, it's got a nice way to navigate through it. Whatever than the bit version, and it is an easier game. Uh, you know, as Dan says. But um, okay, it's something to be mindful of. Something to be mindful of. But um, if we're talking about accessibility, it's obviously easier to play the Mega Drive games. For obvious yes, yes. yeah mm. so basically if this is uh if the, if you guys are into um uh like like war games scenario like uh battles uh ba- battles this is this is one of them uh langrizer whether you play the, the original order we make i think another one would be ireland um ireland what's that what, what's that one um in Ireland story <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm, yeah, I'm blanking out. The don't do me the anime. The one with Ar- yeah, it's Arslan. And also, I think Arsland, there's also yeah, a Arsland. game that pays Arsland. homage to Langrasher, titled also titled Warsaw. Was yeah. it Warsaw? Something like yeah. that? Yeah. Warsaw. There's, there's an indie game, right? Warsaw, Warsaw is the one I'm talking about. That was the oh, uh, well, yeah, yeah. The, Amer- the American release. Um, was retitled That's Warsaw. In Japan's Langrasher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, if you... If you want to see me and Dan's head as the sole reason for you getting Langrasher, go ahead. Well, yours is more, yours is more, a more pigment tan to it, which is nicer to, to look at. <laughs> Dan needs a tan, as far as I'm concerned. I'll, t- I'll tan, don't worry. When sun's out, I'll tan, I'll tan. Yeah, but none of this fake orange tan, which all these Essex. No, I'm, I'm off Italian, like, mate. I'll be darker than you. I'll be darker than you. Come oh, on. really? Okay. Yeah, mate. I, I, it's, it's ridiculous. Our brown are going so uh, much. Uh, so. Oh, okay. So, all right. Uh, so, any any more games, Dan? Or are we done with yeah, this? Yeah, couple more, mate. Um, let's get a Western RPG in there. They've all been oh, Japanese RPGs. You're, you're you're in love with that woman, aren't you, Joe? You're in love with that woman. If there's uh, guys, I mean, oh, what yeah. are you waiting for? Come on, well, she's well, waiting for you right there. Yeah, but there's Princess. Pa- there's, there's a Lady Palatina from the Kid Icarus. She's is quite a. Well, <laughs> we t- we're turning this yeah, into yeah, something it shouldn't be. Yeah. The same as that one. <laughs> she reminds me of Lady or, Palatina. I mean, where wh- where where is a 16-bit version of this? I'm very I, much I curious. Right. Well, <laughs> Google, Google, Google is the key. Google divine seal. Anyway. All right. Joe, right. Joe, Google divine ceiling and you will get the 16. No, oh no, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that here, man. <laughs> He's not going to put it up. He's not going to oh, put, put it up. up. Okay. I, I, my, I actually, I was asked to, yeah, okay. That's like the term. Yeah. Divine anyway. ceiling. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a shoot em up. It's a shoot em up. And when you finish a stage, you're awarded with, um, hello. Uh, yeah, you're awarded. Holy them, shit, so. son. Okay, <laughs> I see you. We All right. About, we didn't mess about in our day, mate. All right. Sure. Just lost oh, Joe. Yeah. Hang on. Oh, <laughs> uh, give me five minutes, guys. <laughs> Joe is having technical issues. Oh, dear. Divine ceiling. Now, uh, go on ahead, guys. Go on ahead. Oh, that was right. quick. Let's next game, next game. Let's get to the next game. I'm just saving this for later. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm saving that tab for later. All right. Um, next game. Next on. game. <laughs> next game. Next game. Um, right. Um, a lot of people are aware of the Mass Effect series. Um, Mass yeah. Effect. Yeah. Everybody. One, two, um, three. Andromeda. Do we count Andromeda? Well, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah part of the series, even though it's crap. Um, <laughs> the, uh, Miranda. 
yeah, if, we, if, if you if you read most people's or most journalists' um, best RPGs ever, they tend to put Mass Effect 2 in there, which baffles me because I think the first game's a thousand times better. But regardless, um, if you're after um, a great alternative to the Mass Effect series, uh, I'd recommend the Technomancer, um, which you can get on Steam and PlayStation 4, which is essentially Mass Effect on Mars. Basically, it's a um, it's a Bioware style um, or, um, action RPG uh, based around all your typical sci-fi tropes. It's got a little bit of Star Wars in there. It's got kind of like a bit of a religious meets science fiction element to it. Um, what's the uh, what, what's the title, sir? Again, the Techno Techno Master. Yeah, it's Technomancer. the Techno Master. The Techno The Techno Technomancer duck. Oh god. So alrighty. And it's um it's basically it's it's not as polished as Mass Effect. It's not as cohesive as Mass Effect. Um but it's a lot of fun. It's a hell of a lot of fun. Um and I actually I prefer I, I, Mass Effect one is ah. but Mass Effect two I prefer the Technomancer to Mass Effect 2. Mass Effect 2 is just a shooter to me. It's not really got much RPG depth to it, whereas Technomancer has got a lot more to it and it's got a lot more exploratory freedom to it as well. All right, very good. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't seen this one. Can you get it all? Yeah, I got it. There you go. I mean, it's mature, so it might be a bit too old for you. <laughs> it, might be too, it might be too old for me, yeah. But then again, you're talking to a okay. man of scared of blood and headshots i can't say anything. see this one I mean oh, we're yeah. talking, you're talking exploration look at this compared to mass effect 2. i mean you look at a map in mass effect 2 it's got a teeny tiny area you look at the tenement it's got a hell of a lot more to explore in it and, and and it's not it's not super deep you're not there's not loads of hidden things in that but it feels like more of a fleshed out world and you know it, it's it, it to me it's way more of an rpg than mass effect 2 and uh yeah. Does this play like Alpha Protocol or something along those lines? Um, Alpha Protocol, I'd say no, not. It's, it's got similarities, mate, but it's this is it's more of um, I'd say it's, it's more Mass Effect. Really. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of um, another game which plays exactly the same, but I can't. I mean, it's more like a we, more, it's Western RPG, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, like Dragon Age, like. like yeah, it, yeah but not, I, I see it now. I see. But it's, 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 it's skill based. You know what I mean? It's um, you see in close combat here because the style is picked is a close combat style. Um, but one of one of your styles here is has got ranged uh, combat. So it's it's uh, and this right. is it is it is primarily melee based to be fair. So I, I'm comparing it to Mass Effect, but it is. The, the combat is more um, stuff like Divinity 2 and more um, more more Kotor like more Knights of the Knights uh... of the Old Republic. It's not. It's yeah, not. It's not the old Republic. It looks like that, but it's it's skill based. Whereas whereas Kotor's um, um, decision based, slap based. Yeah. Yeah, decision based. This is skill based. Mm. All right. Well, this looks good. It's I a mean... fantastic. It's a fantastic. Way. It's ropey. It's rougher. It's rough around the edges. And it's um it's not way nowhere near as polished as your AAA um games. It, but it's is this game. exclusive to the PC? No, it's uh, PC PS4. PS4. and Xbox One. Xbox, Xbox One, One too, is it? All oh, right. Yeah. Okay, cool. 
Um, I mean, what, what do you think about this, Sir Joe? I mean, we haven't got. Um, I mean, the, the, the characters for, for a start are, are wearing too many clothes for your liking. I can see that. <laughs> a, a problem for you, but it, I mean, it, <laughs> too much clothes. I mean, this particular this particular is quite is quite. I mean, is it just because it's quite dark? Can you see more than this? I mean, it's quite a dark setting. I mean, obviously, this, this is a bad video. This is a bad video. Okay. Yeah, this, I can't. There's a lot. Yeah. It's actually really vibrant, and a lot of it takes place. Um, I'll just another gameplay but uh, that being said um, can you shift into first person view because if I remember no. correctly in in, uh, in Mass Effect there's also first person shooting but you can also shift into third person as well no no this is no this is a this uh, third person mate this this, this this is a bit all more, right you okay. said a little bit more, more light. yeah you got more lighting a little there. bit more sunlight there <laughs> He's got his glasses on. His I glasses. would say yeah, that's a bit of a dark video, anyway. That it's still quite dark. Yeah, I would say there's uh, there's too many guys in here. <laughs> Not enough girls. <laughs> Not enough girls to uh, to keep me. Uh, uh, what's the right? Uh, what's the politically correct term for this? Um, entertained. 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 <laughs> <laughs> to keep me glued. <laughs> About um, that. I'm guessing you, uh, you didn't uh, like Final Fantasy 15, Sergio. I like the um, I like the gas girl. <laughs> this this has got more more girls in than Final Fantasy 15, and you can romance them too. Oh right, okay. <laughs> they're just not they're just not in these clips at the minute. <sighs> oh well. Uh, Sir Josh is having a laugh <laughs> at you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is why we do these streams for fun. You know, it's, it's, it's a laugh right. But um, listen, female. Listen, you, having female protagonists or antagonists in video games is fun. You don't want to have it. You want to have a nice balance. And female characters, female characters have a certain depth to them um, in terms of their personalities, part of the plot. It's interesting, and it's nice to have a bit of romance in games. It's nice. That's all I'm trying to say. Not necessarily romance. There you but, go. But it's, it's pretty. Cool. There you go. Okay, so this is um, this is what we could class. This is what we could class as an, an action RP. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is yeah, what it is. It's, it's it's definitely a very dynamic looking. You know, I mean, one of the things that can get a bit dry with the whole turn-based system is like, okay, come on, let's let's get going. You know, yeah. when you get to random battles, etc. This is very very interesting. And obviously, you got um, you got to talk to this guy and stuff like that, and you got a lot more to explore. And it looks like quite a big world that you're exploring, from my impression, looking at. Um, what's the story like? That's the question, Dan. Brilliant, mate. Brilliant. It's a bit. It's a, it's a bit. It's. I say it's cliched. Um, it's just. It's got. It's got that element of religion to it. That's all I'm going to say. Do you know what I mean? Okay. It, it's got that. Mm. I don't want to go into spoilers with it, but it's got that. You know. You know. You kind of know how these these things pans out. But yeah, it's good. It's good. It is only. It's. It's a side serving to the action in the world. So it's not a, a super deep or elaborate story, but. It's, it, it, it's, it's good. It serves its purpose. All right. Cool, cool. Uh, next game. Last one for me. So, Secret of Mana. Another another highly acclaimed game that everybody worships. Uh, another game that I'm not that keen on. I think it's okay. I don't think it's particularly stunning. Um, and one of the reasons I don't think it's that stunning is because I played it um, after playing a game called Beyond Oasis. Oh, um, um, okay. which is also known as Story of Thor. Uh, and that, again, is on the Sega Mega Drive. And for me, it's a thousand times better than Secret of Mana. It's, um, Secret of Mana is a charming game, a very nice game, but it doesn't really have any um, like puzzle or 
thought-based interaction. Um, I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot of fun on multiplayer because you play with yeah, two players. This in is there. true. Three, this three is players. True. So, um, but uh, I played Beyond Oasis. Came with the first Mega Drive Mini. Um, uh, is it really an RPG? Is it not an adventure game? Where's the RPG elements in there? If Secret Man is an RPG, Beyond Oasis is yeah. an RPG. That's, okay. what that's, that's what I'm saying. Because it, where, where's the RPG elements in in Secret of Mana? Yeah, you know I mean, you got you got the level up systems in there. You got to level up when you when you attack the guys. You get points when you attack the bad guys. I don't know. I don't really see that in Beyond Oasis. No, but so you, do, you you level up by collecting items and that, don't you? Right. Okay. A diff, different way of doing it. Okay. So, so it's um, you know, it's it, it's for me, it's just it's just a, a, a more what's the word. It's a more fleshed out game than Secret of Mana. I can see why people like Secret of Mana because it's an easy going game. Uh, but Beyond Oasis, um, what sets this apart for me is the combat. Because essentially, you've got a lot of beat em up elements in this. You know what I mean? You, you, you can use special moves like you can on a, in a like Street Fighter 2 or in Streets of Rage. Um, and it makes for a lot more dynamic, a lot more interesting combat. When, when yeah. you've got a game like Secret of Mana or Beyond Oasis that is a lot of combat I'd sooner play something with this more dynamic rather than Secret of Mana's kind of wait to charge or wait to charge up at something um, and, and this has got a lot more puzzles in it as well I think it's fantastic I, I would agree with you in the sense that when I play Secret of Mana and I look at the graphics I think okay it's on a 16-bit platform but it plays like an 8-bit game yeah. Whereas with Beyond Oasis, this is a true sticking bit experience in my opinion. Yeah. Um, again, another thing I'd like to add is the soundtrack to um, both games is actually quite nice. Uh, the one with Beyond Oasis is an interesting soundtrack because user um, Kashiro of Streets of Rage 2 fame did the soundtrack, which is very interesting. Um, and yes, this, this, this particular game, the way it plays, is, is the story develops again it's, it's got a very good storytelling narrative about it um so yeah i liked uh, beyond oasis well the story of thor for us in in, in yes. europe because it, it had a different name for us didn't it yeah. and in yeah. japan it's called the story of thor it's only in america that they had beyond oasis but i think i would call it beyond oasis because it's actually a better name of the game yeah 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 that's what that's why i pretty much refer to it like that mate so uh, yeah i think it's i think this is one that everyone who, who who likes that type of style of game should check out for sure Mm. Yeah. This to me, this looks a lot like uh, the same vein as Alundra. I was going to say the same thing. It, yeah, um, Alundra. Mm. I played this one. Uh, the first one, I, anyway. Played. So uh, based on what I'm seeing right now, uh, this is uh, this is my cup of tea, and I like I like the style of this, but uh, I, I'll, I'll try to get the I'll try to get the 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 Sega Minis to to be able to play this one. Really, really like like the recommendation for this, Dan. Yeah, cheers, mate. Thanks. It is. Um, I would say that the Sega Mega Drive Mini, both of them are great for what they have. I mean, you have the entire Shining Force series of spread across two of those mini sets. Um, you got Fantasy Star Four and Two, probably the better ones on that particular system. And this is actually a really good game as well. So, um, and that came with the first mini, so definitely one that you should check out. Uh, but by the way, do we, any of you guys know what the Japanese? Uh, the Japanese version has full English language support. I, I know I should be the one who knows this, but just a random question. Um, are you talking? Yeah, in this, in essence. So what you could do, because I own a Japanese Mega Drive Mini. Um, so if it, the game was exclusive in Japan, um, 
No, if it was like, if they offer the story of Thor, what you do is you go to the, the language settings of your Mega Drive Mini, and when you change it to English, so Japanese, you'll find the Beyond Oasis ROM on there as well. So you'll actually oh, cool. get both, you have both ROMs, and that's the beautiful, beautiful aspect of it. So if the story of Thor is included on the Mega Drive Mini in Japan, um, you'll find it's Beyond true. Oasis. Yeah. You, you, it will do. You'll find Beyond Oasis in it when you change the language to English. But if that particular game was an exclusive in Japan, so for example, Langrisa 2's on the Mega Drive Mini, I believe, uh, you'll only ever get the Japanese text of that game because it was never had a never had a PAL or uh, NTSC USA release. So yes, one of the wonderful things about the Mega Drive Mini is if you change the Japanese language to English, you'll get the English ROMs. If that makes sense. Okay, cool. I'll definitely be going into the uh, as of this moment. I only have the Neo the Neo Geo as far as legacy systems go. So you guys have just given me a reason to further. Uh, Further hurt my budget. So, <laughs> wait, so what is this? It's, it's actually. Yeah, let me put it this way: you're buying an asset. You're buying an asset. Yeah. And yeah. with the mini, with with mini consoles, you, you're only going to get your money back if you want to sell it on because they're so collectible. In fact, they go up in price. I'll, I'll say this to you, Drew. I'll say this to you, mate. I've, I've, I've spent the past few years playing through the entire 16-bit library of the Super Nintendo and the Sega Mega Drive, and I'm, I've done about 500 games now. And out of the two libraries, everybody raves on about the Super Nintendo. And I think it's got some really good games, some, some, some very good games. All my favorite JRPGs and RPGs from that era are on the Sega Mega Drive, mate. So, mm. so you were, uh, I'm not saying that there's, there's not some good ones on there, but honestly, if, if you invest in a, um, those minis, you, you'll get your value for money as far as RPGs are concerned, definitely. Yeah, I mean, for me, for me, it's 50 50 to be fair that you're gone. Yeah. And the only reason why I got the Neo Geo is that is one of the things that if you collect for, you really gonna, you're really not gonna be able to collect all of the games for that system unless you want to break your bank. So uh, that is the reason why I got the the the, the Neo Germany, Geo did Legacy. You? So uh it's just uh this is gonna be the same bane for me for the sega mega drive uh, the mega drive system since mm. every game on this particular legacy system is already uh on the price value that you don't you or rather i cannot i think i cannot and won't be able to afford it so uh looking looking uh, just you guys are just giving me more and more reasons to uh to shell out uh to shell out for the for the mini mini mega drive and yeah, i mean yeah i mean i'm a collector of minis and i have all of them um and this isn't my sega bias talking here i think in terms of value for money and bang for your buck you get more with the sega mega drive mini and also the mega drive mini or genesis v2 whatever you want to call it um it's it's as simple as that and that's as, as much as i want to say on the matter by and the way do, do i need to make it like the the meme the tower ish thing to be able to play <laughs> no all the games? I, i've no done way. it I've done it. I'll show you my little display, actually. I've got it up here. My little cabinet. There we go. There we go. So, look, we've got it here. Look, there's my little... Can you see it? I don't know. I'm flipping it around. Oh, so, okay, there you okay. go. So, let me open it because the reflection's there. So, that's my Mega Drive Mini 1 with the... Obviously, I bought the plastics because I wanted them on there. Whoops, I knocked something. But that's no, the that's, that's the master entirely... system adapter, and that's it. That's oh, that's, that's aesthetic. It's cosmetic. Oh, okay, okay. You don't you don't need it. You don't need all that, mate. You don't need all that. I mean, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything, but that's okay, why glad, Asia region mold. 
The only mechanical thing is this thing here. This is just an aesthetic as well. Yeah. So, that, oh, not, that's not, all, all Yeah. Here. So, anyway, that, that, that's, that's you just my need that, that fits, fits in the form of your hand. Yes. Yeah. Tiny. Well, it depends on how big your hand is, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I love the, I love the Meg Drive. I think uh, me and Dan said it's going to be a little bit the same. So, it's going to be like here. Yeah, that's the, that's the moment tiny. too, isn't it? It's yeah. going to be like here. That's tiny. tiny. Yeah, it's small. So that's my games then, chaps. That's, that's it. very good. That's very good. Very good. Very good list of games. All right. So does that leave me then, right at the end? Yes. Oh, before we before we so, before we go with Servirage, we've also got um, five games coming from Sir Robert Bertuman of Pinoy Retro Gaming, Ooh. and he also listed the uh, five games which we have it right here. So maybe we can just uh, toss in our thoughts on uh, on his selection right about here so he has right there you know kuni i actually like game. this more than the second one i do I, oh. i've only played i've only played the second um at a good length i played this a little bit and I, I, and this were all right but the second one i couldn't get into at all which so he says it's a very nice uh nice entry for for beginners we do like fairy tale uh, presentation yeah next is talking xanadu so who plays xanadu Uh, so, so it says here great jrpg with action gameplay same as persona series with student life aspects but with other personalities in different locations so it's it, it very reminiscent of persona trails games and east and then of course you got your hyper dimension neptunia if you love JR, uh, if you love rpgs with anime vibes you should play this good gameplay with interesting characters with comedic aspects Oh, um, that's what he calls interesting characters, of course. Actually, uh, the problem with the Hyper Dimension Neptunia series is that they there is so many games uh, in regards to that series. There are so many collaborations, and you could not really differentiate it with just the titles alone. Wild well, I've never played. I've always wanted to play this. Never played it. Underrated RPG with good gameplay and story. I love the challenge of solving Brutal. puzzles and a lot of optional bosses in the series. I can't wait for the successor, Arm Fantasia. Always wanted to play uh, it, never played it. I need to get around to that one. One of one of the harder RRJRPG, especially the first two Wild Arms. Sounds good. And then the Monster Hunter stories, not as popular as the main Monster Hunter franchise. Interesting characters, story, and good gameplay. Like the original, you can tame monsters and use them in battle. This is for the 3DS. Yeah, I, I, and it's also available on officially on the iOS and Android. I have it on my phone. What do you think to it, Drew? Um, I have I intro voice it. When I say intro voice, I mean, I, I played the intro Just then intro. dropped it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like for the first first two hours yeah, of the game. First then, two then hours, then I dropped it. So that's right. my opinion on it. So um, that was his uh, that was his five games. Uh, Ninokuni, uh, Rat of the White Witch. Uh, you got your Hyperdimension Neptunia, Tokyo Xanadu, uh, your uh, Monster Hunter Wild stories, Arms. and Wild Arms. So among those five games that he mentioned, what stood out to uh, to you guys? I, I, I've always wanted to play Wild Arms. Never, never, never played Wild it. Arms. Always wanted to play it. Not even the first, um, not even no. the first one and two, PlayStation nope. one, really. No, no. Just, to, just one of them things totally, totally uh, passed me by. I fully intend on, mm. on playing it, but um, be a while yet. But yeah, I'm definitely gonna get them to. If 
if you're gonna uh, then if you're gonna start with wild arms go with the playstation 2 version wild arms uh, altered code f uh much much more polished than the classic one the original and also the second one gave me nightmares because of the world map wherein you could not just go and look for the look you you just could not just go to the location you need to scan for the location before it appears on the world map so a uh, little bit frustrating oh, yeah. but at right. the same oh, yeah. time at the same i don't time, know why they did like that yeah i mean why do you have why do you why do you have to press uh, why do you have to press square on a very specific <laughs> location before the town comes up in the world map so, so frustrating it's it's an enjoyable game i like the combat of it i like the senpai uh the senpai aspect you know the transforming aspect of one of the characters such a cool thing and i really like the gameplay it's just that the world map sucks the life out of you (laughs) to be be honest i've heard more good things about the first one um, uh, similar to what you're saying, so I appreciate the recommendation about that PlayStation Two one, and that's that's where I'll start instead, then, mate. So thanks for that. Yeah. How about Overwatch? Um, out of the five, I like the first game. I can't remember the name. It looked like it was made for children. In the Clooney. Like yeah. Oh, like, in the Clooney. You got it. Show me. Show yeah. me what you got. I want to have a look at the picture. This <laughs> is. It looks very. Cute. So originally, uh, in that game, it originally came out for the DS before it was ported for the PlayStation. 3. Yeah. Uh, it's got a nice presentation. Yes, yeah. it's got a nice presentation. And um, wait, I, I'll get the DS. Oh my gosh! Um, so but it yeah. was. Uh, so the game is very, uh, very chill. Uh, yeah, very, uh, very, t- uh, not very teeny, but very childlike. Um, they they tried to present it like more of a fairy tale, uh, yeah. fairy tale storytelling, um, and then a game uh, battle system wise is still turn based. That, 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 and... I like the battle system that I saw from the presentation, so it looks really interesting. I think it's, it's got more than meets the eye. I know it looks like it's like it's got very cutesy characters and it's got a cutesy presentation, but I like to think that there's a lot more depth to what I can see. So that's why I was into that game, and I love the way that presentation. That and and, and that, that being said, Serverage, it's not that violent in, in, in comparison with other JRPGs. In comparison with other RPGs, it's not as violent. I mean, sure, your character will just. Hit the uh, hit the animals with a stick or something, but you know. <laughs> yeah, well, from that the one. It's uh, since it's level five game made by the same uh, the animated by the same folks who made the studio studio Ghibli movies. If you like yeah. those movies, yeah, like that, that aesthetic, yeah. and you like uh, Pokemon Digimon ish collecting okay. of uh, creatures, so uh, definitely go try it out. Okay, right, cool, cool. My my um out of all of the five, I would say I was going to say Neptunia, but hey, um I like the Neptunia series for uh, for 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 other reasons. But I would say Tokyo Xanadu, uh, out of the five that was mentioned, um out of all of the reviews that came out, they say it is a it, it is a mixture of all of the Falcom uh, all of the Falcom games. It's a mixture of uh, of Legend of Heroes. So. Mi- in terms of in terms of storytelling and social interactions, it's can uh, it plays like is eight in terms of uh, combat system, and there are a lot of Easter eggs that um, that references other East games, Nihon Falcom games. So this is this this game was made by Nihon Falcom. 
same uh, same developers that made uh, East and The Legend of Heroes. So uh, I mean, looking at uh, looking at the looking at the gameplay, the first thing that you'll think, oh, this is this is basically Trails of Cold Steel. But a- another nitpick that other players say is that the game can be quite slow because you need to talk to all of the NPCs. And if you're not really into talking to NPCs that much, if you're playing role-playing games, then yeah, th- this will be this will consume a lot of your time because there are, there are certain aspects of the game that can only that can only progress if you talk to specific NPCs, and the more you talk to them, it affects your it affects your attributes, and it also affects how many skills you're gonna get, um, the magic you're gonna get. And the kind of ending that you're going to get. So um, they went too overboard with this game. Uh, if I if I say so myself, not in terms of world building, it's not as vast as Trails of Cold. Uh, no, it's not as vast as The Legend of Heroes because uh, it just focuses on 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 one prefecture of Tokyo. That's it. Mm. But in, uh, but that being said, when you're going from uh, from one location to another. It still feels like an actual town, uh, not more than a town, but it feels really like a city, isolated city. But it's not like it's just a um, it's just a single it's a single frame. No, um, if it kind of rem- it kind of plays like Akiba Strip, it's just that vast. If you're if you guys are uh, familiar with Akiba Strip, cool, 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 cool. So let's go with Sergurage this time. All right, so uh, I mentioned it at the start of this video. Um, so let's start with game, this Game Boy Advance game. That, that, that was an unsung hero for me. And um, I discovered the ROM first before I actually bought the actual cart. That's how much I love the game. And it's called Sigma Star Saga. And it's a game created by a developer known as WayForward. Now, WayForward um, are responsible for the Shantae series. And um, they're also recently on the Nintendo Switch. You've seen River City Girls, so they've been working with uh, Technos Japan with that franchise and they've, they've been really good on the Switch. But they're beat-em-ups and Shantae's more kind of like an adventure metroidvania. What is Sigma Star Saga? Well, it's an action RPG and it tells the story about, I mean, you start off with this game. When you're playing this game, you think, oh, is this a shoot-em-up? Because you start off with a little ship and there's an alien invasion on Earth and, you know, you've got to defend the, the planet. You think, okay, fine. And we get through the first level. And then suddenly, once you pass the first level, there's a, like, a top-down bit and you're walking around with your character, who's a captain known as Wrecker, or a lieutenant known as Wrecker for the Earth Defense Force, whatever it is. The Sigma team, Sigma team. And uh, he then has a meeting with his commander saying, oh, the, the evil alien force known as the Krill are, um, you know, gonna, are, are really getting more and more powerful. And if we can't keep doing this, we're gonna lose this war if we, we, we need to send you, uh, send an agent to go in there to find out what's going on. And he goes, yes, I, I concur or whatever. And then, um, I don't want to spoil the story, but basically, you, you, you share a toast with the commander, then you, you're, you're, you're like, what the, your mission starts now. And then basically, the, it fades out the screen. And then you wake up in, in this cryo capsule and you find yourself out in, the, out in space. And the, a Krill star base has picked you up. And the Krill is what you saw in the pictures, the alien force in, in the series. And they wear these bio suits, shall we say. And um, that's what makes them stronger. And there's a lot of depth to this game in terms of the story. It does look like it's got cutesy graphics and whatever. But, um, you know, you've got two two d- dimensions of this game. You've got what you see here in, in the videos, the, the, the exploration aspect of it. Um, and you've got obviously hit points, you've got bombs or whatever. But 
you get random battles where you get beamed up to your ship and you the, the action rpg element is you know when you're there he's getting beamed up now and then this is the actual action rpg bit so you collect experience points by destroying these ships so it's it's a, a shooter it's an action rpg but with shoot 'em up elements with it and this is it so you, you know you've got 16 um you know uh, vessels to destroy or whatever and um you know as you see you collect experience points and your ship gets stronger you collect gun data you have different um whatever you have different weapons etc as you collect the experience for points to your ships as the adventure continues and it's explained why you get automatically beamed up to your ship i don't want to spoil the story every time you're you're out in the field and the adventure is about wrecker sort of infiltrating the, the krill and like but obviously the reason he got to work for the krill is because he's he's basically a villain it's a, it's a lost in space story basically and uh, in the cryo capsule it said oh he's a villain on earth extremely dangerous and that's why they, they get him to turn obviously he's a double agent and there's a lot of depth there's a love story that's the the alien um chick there that's uh, her name's Syme. And, um, you know, she thinks you're on the side. There's a bit of a love story with this game as well. You know, a bit of interspecies love for you there, Joe. I don't know how you feel about that. But um, as, the, as the story continues, the plot thickens and it's a lot deeper. And I don't want to spoil the story, but it's actually a very well-written story, which I really like. And there's a lot of humor in this game as well. Um, I can see something bouncing. Well, yeah, there are there are some moving parts there. Um, there there's a lot of moving elements in animation. I can but, see some uh, alien bouncing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what I really find is it's, it's clearly, you know, I was like, what is this? I mean, it's obviously rated for teenagers, but it's clearly a bit bit sexualized. But because why has she got this sort of, like, it's even made, the joke is even made there that her krill parasite that she's wearing and the outfit is like, why is it all the female species that are wearing like bikinis or whatever is their outfits? And why is it that the men are all in these like big armored suits and stuff? What's that, what's that got to do with it? But then, that's a, a sto- an age-old story of, of how these sort of fantasy stories play out. How come these alien ladies have this uh, have sense of decency? I mean, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I mean. Listen, if, if we live in an age where some some human ladies don't have a sense of decency. So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't wanna, these alien these aliens are quite modest. I mean, uh, you know. Yeah, but I'm, um, I'm just saying. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it starts off with you on on the, on the leaf planet, and you go to a fire planet, and then you go, and you're looking for something. You're looking at what's what's going to go, and you get the final level and whatever. I don't want to spoil the game for, for for it, but it's definitely a unique RPG. I've never seen anything like it before. Like, who would have thought men blending a, a shoot 'em up with a top-down adventure RP, action RPG elements? Um, so definitely um, uh, one to check out if you want to try something new. And um, it's it's a one of a kind game, that's for sure, and that's what I really like about this. So oh, it's a great it, it, recommendation. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's like who would have thought about blending these two genres? Well, WayForward did, and Namco published it. Bandai Namco published it. I think Atari ah, okay. published it in Europe. So it's it's and it's a good Game Boy Advance game. Um, again, it's, it's quite expensive now to get if you want to buy it. Again, there's other ways of playing, of course, but it's one you should yeah. definitely check out. There is something that I discovered with this game, though, mind you, when playing through it. Um, there's a glitch in it when you get to the fourth world. So um, what happens is, is you see this little shoot 'em up level. Once you've destroyed all the enemies, you don't. You know that stage clear thing? It doesn't happen when you get to one of the worlds. It just keeps going and going. So one of the great things about emulation is you can create save states. You can't do that with the original Game Boy Advance cartridge, sadly. There's a, it's just a glitch in the game that they even the developers knew and they, they bloody released it, I'm guessing. Ah. It's stupid. It's really bad. But I was hoping for another glitch. 
But um, oh no, I'm sorry. There isn't um, th th those sort of glitches don't exist. I'm afraid. But this particular game, uh, you, if you make the save states on that on the ghost planet level, for those of you watching who get, when you get to ghost planet level, make sure you save as much as possible because there is an intermittent glitch where your where your ship just doesn't go back um, to the, the main. Level. But that bit, with that glitch aside, or that fault with the game aside, um, it is a really really good game and, and underrated when on reviews. Thinking, what? Why? Why? I mean. One review I remember reading when this game came out is like some one of the critics was like, where was this game on Super Nintendo where we wanted this game? That's what they were saying. This game came out too many years too late, but we wanted this on Super Nintendo. That's what he was saying. And I'm thinking, that's nonsense. A great game is a great game, no matter what, what system you put out on there. True. But and maybe. Also, but... Yeah, the limitations of the Game Boy Advance, it was really amazing that they actually did a game like this and this yeah. is I, I can't really think of anything that comes close to this particular game maybe mm. Puga maybe Puga but not I can't really remember any JRPG RPG that is uh, that the battle system as a shoot them up so uh quite surprising uh, I, this is a really great recommendation and I think we might be doing some um some other way to be able to experience this but for the meantime i'll just watch the footage it looks really interesting and uh yeah quite surprising that this shows them up i love yeah. i love that i think that's like i say that is really interesting i've i'm um mm -hmm. i added to play through game boy advance library after i've finished my 16 bit run so this will definitely be on there it looks really cool yeah Good, good. Yeah, so we we all agree this is a good game. Yeah, <laughs> my first game. You'll love play it. it. Let's play it first. But yeah, but no, but it's it's different. It's different, and it's an unsung hero, yeah, and it's, it's different. Yeah, it's, it's, it's different. Got an, it's got a unique selling point. It's got an allure that you've never played a game like this before. I promise you all, you've never played a game like this before, and that's one that that's why I was like, when I was like, I was I was playing through when I, I discovered this game because I used to run a ROM site and. Um, uh, well, I was going through all the ROMs, so I used to trade ROMs with the Japanese and they'd give me something, I'd give them something and I, I thought, okay, let's give this a go and I, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with this game, I really loved it and there was another game as well which I'll, I'll mention you talking about this, but this game, it's the story, yeah, it's the story that got me into it. I'm thinking, the adventures of, of Captain Wrecker, where's he, what's going to happen next? Are they going to come after him? Is, and then there's a lot of tension now, are they going to, are the crew going to do this with him? And it's, it's just a really well-written story and for me, what, what I need when I read a book or anything, it has to have a plot. It has to have a good story. Gameplay me mechanic is important, but with RPGs, it's so important to have a great story. And okay, I I'm familiar with shoot 'em ups because I've played a few, so I could play the game. I understand the shoot 'em up elements, but it's straight straightforward. That's how you level up or whatever. But it's the story and the the dialogue she has with, he has with Syme, who's the the Krill girl, and obviously there's a human element there. So there's a love triangle that goes on there. Um, so it's just interesting how how that that story goes on and and how how high the stakes are because you obviously what you've got to save Earth from this from its destruction. That's how big the plot becomes in the end. Like all RPGs, you could say. Yeah. But it's just it's just what he has to go through. It's like all this rubbish that your character has to go through to get there. And you're like you actually you're on his side. You actually like the lead character, and that's what I like about that. Alrighty, sir. Yeah, it's on the Game Boy Advance, but the art style of it is so reminiscent of of all, all the most of the art style on the uh, on the Sega system. But it's on yeah. it's a Game Boy game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's uh, you know, obviously Namco and um, Atari published it, and but WayForward made it, and WayForward, you know, I'll, I'll talk about another game, I suppose. I don't know if it might be. Mighty uh, from way forward, mighty uh, burst. I, I forget the one with the 
Fire Women. Uh, I forget the name. I, I have it on the 3DS. I, I just for, forgot yeah. the Mighty but, Switch Force. Okay. All right. Yeah, okay. Mighty Switch Force also from Way Forward. Uh, also mean, a nice game anyway. Yeah. Anything Way Forward has put out is generally good. Generally good. Yeah. I mean, there's a Metroidvania can't, can't that made. There's a Metroidvania that came out towards the end of the DS line that you might want to check out called Aliens Infestation. Okay. And what I love about Way Forward is they were developing this game for the DS, which is going to become not so relevant because the 3DS is just about to be released in 2011. And they thought, shall we rush this game and put it out? And like, well, no, we're going to make a good game. So 3DS comes out and this game then gets released towards the Christmas period. And sadly, it wasn't very popular. Sega published it and it's an amazing game and it's probably the best 2d aliens game i've ever played aliens infestation give that a go i mean okay. it's it's a metroidvania so i suppose you could argue but it doesn't have rpg elements so to give it a go. i know it's not really like, it's well, way forward, any, that way any you just have to say metroid uh metroidvania and uh very unique element uh, i'm gonna look it up after, and after what i'll say very quickly on that aliens infestation game um it, it does have a scare factor in it. You think what a 2D alien game can can make you a bit scared, make you jump. And like the way they've designed the, the aliens and where the way come out of nowhere, it's that thrill of the, the alien movies. It captures the atmosphere of the alien movies in a 2D game. And that's what I really loved about that. Definitely one for you to check out too, Dan, because I know you okay. like this game. But yeah, uh, moving on. So uh, we're done with talking about Sigma Star Saga and Maya. And we've obviously exposed me as being some sort of crazy sci-fi geek, but I am. I'm not even ashamed of it. I love sci-fi. But um, moving forward, um, this is a, an older game. This is going back to the Mega Drive. And um, this is one that I'm sure Dan knows about because you know he, know he has the Bible of the Mega Drive etched in his mind. It's a game called The King's Bounty, The Conqueror's yeah. Quest. Okay, now this is what I call the daddy RPG because I was an infant when my, I watched my father play this game and I thought, what's the appeal in this thing? Now, I don't know if you guys are um, familiar with the Heroes of Might and Magic series of RPGs. I think they were ported to SNES. Um, this is the precursor to that. So this is actually seen as um, the first of that kind of series. Now, what this game is about is there's a king and his kingdom has been attacked with all these, um, shall we say, pirates and villains that have sort of laid siege to all the castles around the realm. And you can choose up to four characters or one of, and this is, this is what's so amazing about this game. You can either choose to be a knight, uh, there's two knights there, a paladin, sorry, a paladin, a knight, a sorceress, and a barbarian. And they will have their own attributes to it. And um, there's a whole, it's a huge map and your job is to recruit an army. There we go. And it's a tactic, it's, it's obviously an RPG adventure game, but you've got tactical aspects of it. So, and, and you, you, you recruit army. So you recruit like say elves and, We've got ogres, we've got barbarians, we've got nomads, we've got wolves. So you recruit these fantasy like fantasy creatures and they all have their strengths and weaknesses in your army. And it's your job to sort of gain experience, gain treasure, gold, um, gain clues as to what, 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 what strengths and weaknesses these castles have, get siege weapons, attack castles, you know, um, get, get, so get bounties from getting these villains. So the idea is to capture the castles for the king. And when you go back, you gain wealth and then you go on and on and you, you gain spells and you get all sorts of 
attributes in this game as you develop. So it's a role-playing game and a tactical role-playing game, and it's an adventure game as well. It's a very deep game, and it's a it's an RPG not for beginners. It's an experts RPG, and this is what my father started playing, and I took an interest in what my father plays. As 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 we all know, look, what little brother wants, what big brother wants, right? He wants to have a look at what what is he doing? You know, he's like, why what does he find so fascinating about this game? Um, and you know, it's yes okay the soundtrack's a little bit monotonous because it's the same old battle theme all over again but then you can get far on fantasy but yeah and, and it's the same overworld theme but you have to understand this was 1991 and this is like a, a an ms dos port shall we say um but i really like this game because there's just so much variety in it. and every time you turn it on you know you, you try again now it says days left there in the corner so you have a set amount of time to complete this game you know so there's the challenge and you can set you've got different modes easy all the way to, to hard so you have different difficulty settings and this game has so much replay value i think the only trade-off with this particular game was it had a very complex pa password system as all mega drive games had that back then and now today with emulation and save states you know it's it's a lot easier to play um but yeah uh, a truly great game for its time you know i don't think i've seen anything like this is a very unique game as well i think the only thing that comes close to this is the might and magic series that followed after but this is this is one that I'd certainly recommend you check out if you don't mind playing something a little old school. Any thoughts, gentlemen? Yeah, man, I mean, obviously I'm familiar with this one and, I, and mm. you've summed it up very nicely for me. I think it's a, it's a good little series, the old Might and Magic uh, series, or sorry, Heroes of Might and Magic series. And um, I, I, yeah, if you're going to check that series out, I'd, I'd, even, I'd, I'd even start here because I yeah. remember this. This was obviously... Um, uh, a DOS and Amiga game as well, weren't yeah. it? I think it were yeah. on that first. So uh, my friend had it on his Amiga. I think it, um, yeah, it's a, it was it's a Commodore sixty. It's a Commodore sixty four Amiga DOS Apple two Macintosh. So yeah, you know, it, but it, it got it got eventually put on the FM Towns PC ninety eight Windows. But if you're talking about sixteen bit <coughs> machine, it's the mega it's the Mega Drive Genesis one you're going to play. Well, it's, I, I was going to say I found I actually found it harder to get into on his Amiga. That's where I was yeah. on with that because. Um, yeah. There were just a few quality of life editions that they had on the Mega Drive version. I mean, made it if, I mean, if you look at the battle system, if you click on the elf, obviously he's got a target and he can actually shoot from a distance, ranged attacks. You see, he's got this little red target and you can shoot. With the other elements, enemies have to be right next to each other. And the red, the, the, obviously the bands mean that that's what's in control. So the blue band is you moving your character and the cross is like saying that's it. And then the elf has got the target, so he's shooting that elf. So you just have to understand the battle mechanics. And yes, it was primitive for its time, but it's quite simple to understand once you play the game. All right. So those, yeah, numbers, those numbers that I see. That's how many so numbers so That's one elf. That's eight elves. Yes, that's a, the quantity of how many elves you have. Okay. Ah, I, I, was, I was thinking that's, that that's their HP or something. Yeah, the so reason why it, is, it is essentially, yeah, it is. Yeah, essentially, it's HP. How much HP you're buying for each amount of characters you want. Ah. So there you go. And, and how it's... come that guy is clapping? What, what, what's that? What's that all about? Clapping. <laughs> What are we talking about? Oh, you talk yeah. about the clapping. Right, so see that guy there? He's the villain that you're after. So you take on contracts. So this guy, they had these names as well. So there's like, um, they have names basically. And you have to go after him. And these are villains. So he's the contract. That's you've the taken. villain? That's the villain. So you have to go to his little oh. castle. And then you lay siege okay. to that castle. Obviously, underneath him, there's an icon that says siege. That's the siege weapon. But he hasn't purchased siege weapons yet. So this guy needs to. So can you see the, all the villains there in the, in the, in the pictures? Right. Just thought. So you have to right. take a contract, you go to the castle, you lay siege to it. Once you've taken out the villain, you then get money for it. You get paid and you get congratulated by the king or whatever. And so you go after another villain. Bounty 
So it's this a is a bounty hunting game. Yeah, That's why King's Bounty. That's the theme. Yeah. Right. One of the things I'll, I'll say about this as well is uh, the later uh, Heroes of Might and Magic games that I've played, which ain't that many of them. I think there's like seven of them, and I can't. I think I've only played two, and I can't remember which, which there were. But um, but this the, the exploration and and the contract element of it, um, I, I preferred this. I thought yeah. I thought the, I thought the the later games it were too watered down. It was too straightforward. I, I agree with you. They simplified it. This is a very yeah. complex and deep game, to be yeah. fair. And again, like I said, when I was oh, no, very condescendingly clapping for your progress. Ah, oh, good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. gonna get, after me, come get me, bitch. All right. Oh, but, <laughs> but it was. It, it, yeah, the, the villains do have some funny an- animation to it. But I mean, it's it is one of those games of its time that that stands out as a very. I would say, like I said. It's an expert's RPG game to, with a lot of elements to it, a lot of depth. Um, and every map, when you play a game, certain things are refigured. It's not the same game. Certain things are like, like a treasure chest that was in a certain location on the big world map is in a different location. Or it's been replaced with a dungeon when you recruit things. So it's, a, it's actually really clever how they've made the game different every time you play it. So you don't get uh, replay. It's got replay value in terms of it's a different game. Um, say, you, you, throw the, you throw the extra difficulties in there as well. And, that, and you, what you've touched on, how I judge a lot of games is on the replayability. Um, yeah. a lot, I find a lot of journalists and a lot of modern gamers tend to do, run it once through and that's it. Um, whereas games like this, once once you once you're hooked by them, um, that replayability makes them makes them a different different yeah. level, isn't it really, mate? Yeah. So can you see he just went to the castle early and said lay siege, where he couldn't lay siege anyway if he tried because he's got no siege weapons, so he needs to buy them. Um, notice every week you have to pay your army, and when you don't pay them money, they start leaving you as well. And that's why uh, he so, said, uh, so, yeah. So, so you're basically uh, hiring mercenaries then. That's right. So if you don't like when he picked up the treasure chest, it's always good to distribute your gold to the army because if you can't afford to pay them and you've obviously paid them, of course. They'll, they'll stay loyal to you and not leave you. Uh, where some obviously some characters will just leave you anyway because they're obviously some of the like nomads will just go if you don't pay them for example you know um where some are more loyal like pikemen are more loyal for example that that, that they they're you can use castle extra so right. that's an interesting army this guy barbarians are hard as anything so I, i'm very the familiar with the characters uh, whereas the wolves the wolves are quite wolves are quite weak mind you so look morale you can see the morale in the stats that you saw there so there's a lot of depth to this there is a lot of depth to this particular game all right. Again, can, yeah. again, yeah. again. Another game that I've never seen anything else. Like I've never seen anything equivalent to be made with that much depth, especially with the 3D era games. I'm sure there are. Maybe I'm ignorant. I don't. Tell me I'm ignorant. I think on 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 the PC there's a few. Mm. Um, but but the the um, but I think King, the way King's Bounty does it is quite unique. So I agree with I agree with you, mate. I think right. when the graphics are as simple as this, this it's more technical to play. And uh, one of the reasons why I was so focused on the screen, I was trying to decipher how it plays like uh, in my mind because back uh, back in the day when uh, at first uh, when I first saw the first Final Fantasies, the first Breath of Fires. I was so distant from RPGs because I could not really comprehend how I would be able to play those games because I was so used to fighting games, so used to platformers during the uh, the 90s that when I saw the RPGs in the Super Famicom area, I felt a little bit uh, overwhelmed or 
brother i felt a little bit uh alienated from them but then when i was able to play final fantasy tactics i got started into uh, i i liked getting into the stories getting into these games more so um having that simplistic uh sim uh simplistic uh team i rather gameplay it looks simplistic but at the same time i see i see that mm. you need to think of how to move it what to do you need to consider the time there's so many numbers that you need to calculate on it it gets it looks so simplistic but in reality it is so complicated <laughs> to comprehend how to be able to play it so looks interesting but i think this is one of those games that i won't be able to it's, it's an expert game and and you do need yeah. a manual you do need to read an faq and a manual to understand it if you haven't got <laughs> you do need yeah. a manual and like i said it's an expert's game it's one of those games where you had to read the manual to understand it which is what's going to lead on to my next oh, game so well. it's but, really yeah. uh, a dungeons and dragons thing so uh, yeah to put it in in a sense okay okay yeah, yeah. Got, so, it, got, got it we got we got science fiction we've gone to fantasy now yeah yeah, yeah. okay okay until i'm a that, but uh, <laughs> since it's uh, so complicated uh, uh, and the lack of time that we have, I think I, I would honestly say that I won't be touching this. So I mean, uh, it's <laughs> the year is 2023, and my father still hasn't completed. Okay, he got far. So... He got far. And what really, what really pissed, what really got him? Yeah, was he? Um, he had a time free spell because he ran out of days. If he had only just used that time free free spell, he could have had the more time to get to the last battle beat the last last dungeon got and, and won the game and it just he was pulling his hair out i, do, I believe he's completed it on easy i'm talking about normal mode and other modes but he was like ah oh. i said i said dad do you not use a time screen film i said it to him do you not have a time freeze spell and he's like ah oh, yeah i should have used it because he was like telling me how hard it was so it's funny it's just funny if you're paying attention so i'll thank you my son and he gave me a hug saying next time i'll use it. so it's, it's funny how an infant can see something an adult can't a fun memory of mine anyway. yeah yeah a memory of mine so so many so, ways to tackle such a simple looking game so shall we move to game number, game number yeah. three? okay so this game it is an rpg because well it does say role-playing game when i look at it on wikipedia so i'm going to say it's a role-playing it does have that as a tagline under genres so it's a space trading and combat simulator slash obviously it's role-playing it's a game called starflight it's a mega drive game mm. okay now are you fam who's here is familiar with it raise your hands Nobody. well obviously obviously Obviously, Dan. Uh, obviously, the the Sega guy. <laughs> it's it's a game developed by Binary Systems, and it was published by Electronic Arts for the Sega Mega Drive. This was a very expensive game when it came out; it was eighty pounds sterling on release. Okay, it's a big game, and um, my father got it on sale, and he never completed it, but I did. I'm proud to say I've beaten something my father couldn't. Um, but it's it's a very complex game, just in the same vein King's Bounty was, and um, basically. You start off on a space station walking around and um, you have a spaceship and your job is to mine the hell out of the solar system you're in and, and gain funds and you have to explore the galaxy pretty much or explore yeah explore the galaxy and find out what's causing these gravitational issues so there's your ship you can name it you can even name your ship you can customize it um etc um, and the ship itself has armor and, and shields and whatever and as you mine and gain more money you can actually get upgrades for your ship in terms of weaponry shields etc you can also train your crew as well so you meet other races it's like star trek in that regard there you go and you meet some yeah, there's the alien ships and you've already scanned it so that's what it looks like 
I believe this is the Thryn. So this is a lizard race that you come across. And they've also got their own territories. And now you'd only even know this if you actually read the manual and the, the book. Yeah, there's insectoid race, shall I say. Um, so it's um, Velox, shall I say, the Velox, yeah. So again, you, you meet these characters and you learn from them. You talk to them. Um, you think, okay, because you're looking after... Basically, the aim of the game is to discover the three eggs and destroy a planet in this galaxy that's causing a lot of systems to flare up basically and again with this you have a, you know you, you really want to get to the end of the, the game and, and once you've, you've done it you've done it and there is a time limit in sense that all systems will start to flare up if you don't get done quick so basically mine planets make your ship strong um, learn about what's going on look at the the manual because in the manual you have a log of a ship before you known as the intrepid and the adventures it went on and it tells you like all the map where they visited on certain maps and what's on certain planets etc and and you go and explore each planet that that ship and you follow the traces of it and what's going on um again you've got a fuel gauge there so once you've mined the planet for minerals you can buy fuel because that's like it's called indorium that's the name of the fuel that powers your ship and um you have to like basically the idea is you have to keep going and you can also log planets as well that are habitable for human life as well so you get a bonus for that but i don't like doing that because that means that once you've logged the planet all the minerals are taken are taken away from that planet um but yeah it's just basically an exploration game um and also you you got crew you, you know you, got, you can like have an android on your crew you can have um different races in your crew but they all have their strengths and weaknesses and you you with with money you can train them so there's the leveling up basically that's the leveling up aspect of the rpg element of this game so yeah you, you have different stages to this adventure that you have to go on um it's not a game which has um uh, a rich story with loads of personality shall we say it's a very methodical game but there are rpg elements in the sense that there are certain races you will meet that you'll have to communicate with etc etc so yes it's a blend of simulation and role playing yes yes great i think this is a great choice uh, and, you know, you know, <laughs> it's an unsung game nobody knows about it but it is an rpg fundamentally you know, yeah but you know when different. i think of this is exactly what i'm talking about you know when people talk yeah. about rpgs so let's 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 compare this to something like mass effect yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a similar thing it's a star trek um, inspired uh, mm. galaxy exploration game. Now, yeah. now, Mass Effect's fantastic. You know, all the cinematics, all the uh, romances, drama, etc., etc. Mm. But this gives you more of a Star Trek feel. Yeah, this, it is. You know I mean, if you if you want to, if you're a Trekkie yeah. and you and you want to explore the galaxy, Starflight is is it's brilliant. It really is. And th this is another uh, uh, PC port. And the yes. PC port was really good, and the, and the Genesis Stroke Mega Drive port has a couple of bugs in it that um, oh. affect it. Only oh, the only the only split, it, the, 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 it's to do with weather, the weather and the way it affects the movement. It's not the same on the PC. Okay. Um, but everything else is better than the Sega version. Yeah, yeah. the Sega is the best version. That's what I was going to yeah. say. It's the best yeah. version of the game because I look at the PC yeah. for it's more primitive, etc. Yes. This is this is actually for me. I couldn't play any other port of this game because it's too primitive. I have to play this version. Yeah, this is the best version. Yeah. Uh, I believe there was a sequel called Starflight 2. You never had a Mega Drive port. It's locked to PC. I've never played it, sad. But the first Starflight game, I, I really... Yeah. So any thoughts, gentlemen? You know, looking at, um, looking at you two who's been very quiet <laughs> when I've tried this game. What is this? Um, what is this? I, I thought all of the sprites for the ships were designed by Dr. Evil. <laughs> 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 That's the only contribution. <laughs> <laughs> it's, again, it's 
again, you, it's, it's a very different game to anything. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, Sir Drew's words are a lot kinder than mine. I was oh. going to say, I was going to say, why does the ship look like a sex toy? Yeah, it's not a sex yeah. toy. <laughs> that, I mean, no, you can clearly see. Uh, uh, okay, you can clearly we see. Are, that, we were uh, you thinking can... the exact same thing. <laughs> That's why I was thinking. Why, why is this sex toy aiming aimlessly in space? <laughs> it's not a sex toy. Why do you have to? Why does it have to? Why do you? It's not even a. Uh, if they think that's a sex toy, you know. You don't uh, know what. You don't know what. It's quite valid. I mean, look at it. I mean, also the off? other ships <laughs> from pink. Okay, so. Okay, so, so you can see the cockpit at the front. I suppose see? the, cockpit the cockpit is cockpit. The yeah, cockpit. But, but you know you got the bridge the bridge that's what it's called then <laughs> along along the bridge you've got like that little col- the column there as uh, you know and, and along that column you got like that's where the cargo is kept and the engineering bits of the bulk of it but, yeah of course okay. yeah okay. But, Every, look, yeah we, we have cargo yeah we need to oh, unload okay. cargo every once in a yes, while yeah we well, you, the cargo. again again like you you only get like yeah, four we need cargo to unload cargo you only get like four cargo bays. When you mine all these minerals and stuff, and you sell it back at the the star bay, um, you can. Oh, yeah, our cargo has minerals too. So uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I believe you're getting minerals and proteins confused. Okay, minerals is one thing; it's proteins. Okay, there's a difference there. I know where you're going with. Uh, but it's a very good game. It's not. It's not as. Um, it's not as salacious as you're making this out. All right. This is a very clean game. Okay. It's, it's a game so, that. Yeah. I'm just yeah. glad. Yeah, I'm, you see the planet and this this ship is circling I around it. I, I don't think this is. A, I don't think this is a game for you, Sergio, because there's not any attractive units. I'm going to say, Virage. I'm, I'm just glad I, I, that I've not mentioned uh, um, Star Country. If he saw oh, the if he, if he saw the Cyrene penetrator. Ooh. His head would explode. I know. He's got. Oh yeah. He's got a twinkle in his eye now. He's gonna Google image search it now. Google Google image Cyrene Penetrator. That's that's one of the spaceships in Star Control, which is another excellent Mega Drive game. No, I mean you. I mean, like Sir Viraj says. I mean, you can. uh, I don't know. That's fine. Unload your cargo. (laughs) Yeah. Good lord. Um, You can customize the name of your ship. Okay. Yeah. You. I mean. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so you named the ship, so like it's only got so. I wanted to call it the Enterprise, but it ran out of letters, so I just. You know. I would say, what what's the name, sir? Uh, what's the name, sir Dan? The Cyrene Penetrator. Um, from Star Control. That, uh, yeah. Star I mean, Control. Um, will that name fit? <laughs> on the. No, no it's, it's, it it's, it's a type of it's a type of ship from from a different game, mate. Yeah, no, I mean, it, um, are there enough characters to um to name that ship that there? Yeah, <laughs> you have a crew of five and. There's the, there's the roles there. So you I'll just name the ship Penetrate, okay? That's not okay. <laughs> but yeah, there's a oh, lot see, of elements. The ship's landing now. Okay. Landing there. And that's where your little disembark, the little rover does. And it's scanning for minerals, and that's where you, you pick up them. So you get like mm. molybdenum and rodinum and all sorts of minerals. And you can also see these wildlife animals. You can actually sell the animals as well. So you pick up them for bio experimentation. You get money for them. Um, that's really good. So it's very, very deep, this game. Very deep. I enjoyed this game a lot. Ah, deep. Okay. That's why it was seventy pounds. You can imagine in the nineties how much programming went into something like this. You know, I mean, this is a big game. You know, so there you go. You get you get a star map in the as well as a manual in the box too to play with. So it's really although although once you know how to finish it, you can finish it in about 10-15 minutes, can't you? That's if you know whether yeah, that's cheating. Though. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. We'll we'll leave it to that. We'll leave it to that. It's cheating. That's if you know where everything. Okay, is. Even for Joshua, that's the same thing. It does kind of look like a dong. 
<laughs> Fair enough. I'm not going to argue with Joshua. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to indulge that. All right. With a response. <laughs> call, call your ship Conkidong. I, 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 I anyway. <laughs> but you can name the crew as well. So the crew, like, I'll, I'll probably, next time I play, I'll probably name it after you guys in honor. Hopefully, <laughs> I will. Hopefully, uh, if I get in an alien... No, because when you get into a fight, your ship can take damage and people on the ship can get hurt as well. And that's why you have a doctor you. But people can die in this game. It's serious. And you have to recruit new crew, you know? But anyway, good game. I like it. It's, a, it's got depth to it. Again, another game for experts. It's an expert-level game like King's Bounty. It's not easy. So, but, but for those of you who have played Final Fantasy and all these other games which have a lot of depth this is always a good challenge you might want to throw throw yourself into a challenge like this and really get into this immersive world yeah, try, 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 try real gaming chaps definitely <laughs> <laughs> goodness he's like how dare they condescend to us uh, <laughs> but it's look give it a go give it a go try it if you don't like it it's not for everyone is it king's bounty that's my third game all right. Okay. So are we ready to move on to my... the next I mean, you guys, game? Would be? You guys don't really have a lot of questions with what I. I mean, this is a very unique game. This is the thing. I suppose there's nothing you can sort of relate to. You've never seen. But anyway, let's get to one that you can relate to. So let's go back to. Uh, oh, I, I mentioned it earlier. So let's talk about Dark Wizard for Sega CD. Oh, man. Um, man. Yeah. Wizard. So yeah, Dark Wizard. Okay. Now this is um. <laughs> this is a very. This is what I call. Uh, is it a hidden gem? Is that is it fair for me to use this word? Dan? Oh yeah, definitely, mate. Um, I think even even, even uh, I love this. Game. I mean, I love this game. Even though it kicks my ass, yeah, I love this game because it's got so again another game with low steps, an expert game as well, um, a hardcore game, um, in the same vein as Langrisser. But what I love about it is like what I loved about Dark Wizard when I got into it is just like little lovely animation intro, this little story that, that talks to you about what's going on and how, how you know you need to do this and that and you know and that's that's basically it there you go dark wizard um uh, goodness me where do i begin with this game um there's just so much there um but there are some hot women here for you sir joe so you know you might like it for that reason but um you, you do have a depth of story obviously your kingdom is under attack for a, from a, an evil source you play as a character who's you know uh, one of three characters or whatever but you play the prince i like the prince on the prince so i play as him and um, you have obviously characters and with, with obviously strengths and weaknesses, and you do have like a hexagonal grid there where you use like a tactical game. Um, and there's a lot of depth to this game. And I think that's what makes it difficult. There's a lot of variables in the same way there's a lot of variables with Langris. So that's fundamentally it. There are um, games similar to this that I've seen on the PC Engine Mini in terms of tactics, but not they don't have RPG element. But again, th this is fundamentally it. You're, you know, you, you have a an open world sort of thing after every every battle or whatever. You make decisions. There's animated cutscenes. It's got a nice polish. That's why I say it's um it's 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 actually a really good game. I would say. Well, what yeah, I'll back you up, mate. I'll, I've, I've yeah. not played this in I've not played this in years. I've only played this on. Uh, M M did we? In fact, did we get even get this in the UK? Because I played it on emulation. It's on. Em I believe it was a Sega CD exclusive. I don't believe we got it a PAL release. No. Sadly, I, I, how I discovered this game is when I modded my Mega Drive Mini and I put this on there. I was like, oh my, this is actually a very good game. And I can understand why we never we never had a PAL release because because it. I think the thing is they they judge it on sales, don't they? We, is it worth yeah. a PAL release? And it definitely was because. I mean, I don't want to sound any patronizing to Americans, but we're quite clever in the UK. We can play games like this, you know, so we'd, we'd want to play this game, you know, but I mean, 
maybe the Americans just didn't appreciate the game because it, it required uh, no, no offense I'm not saying Americans are stupid but I think the culture of Japanese based tactical RPGs with depth to this level um, wasn't really there I mean I think most Americans and you know, shoot me down if I'm wrong you know when it came to RPGs they probably wanted something more simpler and the SNES dominated like was, was quite popular in America at the time with its RPGs and even then I don't think RPGs were as popular as anywhere else in the, than Japan Japan is where like 2D RPGs yeah. were really the home of it whereas RPGs were still an emerging thing in western markets but I, I would think that something tactical with complex things like this would, would be very very popular here in the United Kingdom it would do well because it would have its fans I'm saying it would also have its fans in America but I don't think it's um, not as many I would say in Europe um, that's not, I mean that's not always true I mean you guys got true. the English um, version of their Enigma Yes, we did. We did get Terranigma. I don't know why yeah, that the happened. This game, innit? The, the Americans didn't get Terranigma the, for some reason. The, this game kind of reminds me about uh, uh, Wild Arms XF for the uh, PlayStation yes. Portable because oh, of the hexagonal. Yeah. Yes. yeah. yeah. So I, I never played this, but uh, looks a, a lot similar in that aspect. Uh, maybe if it does get um, a re, um, what do you say? it gets updated to newer consoles or something gets bundled and something like a, a mega cd collection maybe i'll give it a go but um yeah may, maybe maybe so uh, definitely right up my alley since this is an srpg and but question um, about this game um so i've seen uh, combat wise do they just do you just go close to the enemy and then attack? And then that's it. I mean, th there's no cutscenes whatsoever about them attacking each other. No, there, there are cutscenes, but you can switch them off. I believe. Ah, oh, that's why. Right. Uh, yeah, are, okay. Because I'm, look, I'm looking at the video. I'm like, that's it. I remember it. they, they just, were. Just I remember they that's were. It. When I played that, I remember they were. Um, but they've switched off. Um, to speed, to speed it off, the yeah. game, to speed the game up, they've done that. But there's there's a lot of options you can configure. I believe there there was there, and I played it for sure. So that's um, Dark Wizard. Any thoughts with this one? I know Dan likes it. What, what you two got to say about this? Obviously, you've, you've compared it to some other games. But is this something that you would like to play? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I can't seem to find any of the cutscenes for the for the oh, actual like uh, what they do in uh, Fire Emblem. So. Oh, yeah. There is uh, an animated, there are animated cutscenes. Like, watch it, watch the intro okay. of this game. It's got an animation to it. So it's, it's, it's obviously Sega CD, they could do that. They're obviously trying something new because the Sega CD format was we could do FMV here. We could put an animation there. We could make the presentation of this game really good. So it's definitely um, uh, one that you want to yeah. give a go. One, one yeah, you definitely. Go. Since I enjoyed, I enjoyed Wild Arms XF uh, in the PlayStation Portable. So. Uh, something along those uh, along those lines since adding two extra corners to a tactical uh, to a SRPG it actually adds a lot more depth to it than the regular uh, grid base where it's only mostly the ones uh, on the four the four sides where in here you have to worry about the uh, the other sides so six sides uh, in general that could uh, that would be able to do uh, damage, or it it actually adds a different layer to it uh, versus the regular grid style in an SRP. So, um, having seen this, uh, and that's one thing that's actually frustrating. With uh, as uh, we grow older, we accumulate more, more and more games. Our backlogs. Uh, do become more and more so even if something like this uh 
it takes my interest if it uh, my interest is not that high in regards to a particular game uh, i would not be uh, able to say with full confidence that i would seek it out and play it so mm, i'm interested in it but at yeah. the same time maybe if i am able to uh, properly play all of the backlogs uh, in terms of SRPG that I already own and I still need to scratch that edge and I don't have anything newer to play I might go back to the older games like this so uh yeah, I mean, that's I understand. That is, you, you make a valid point here with accessibility to this particular game. Because I yeah, believe only that's just another huge, And if you don't own a Mega Drive, to it. I mean, if you don't own a Mega Drive, you have to buy a Mega Drive. Then you have to buy the bloody Mega CD, and then you have to buy the game, which is expensive as anything. But you can always just like rip a disc and play it that way on original hardware. But emulation for Sega CD isn't easy, so there, there's something to be said about that. But um, yeah, I, I, I was a bit disappointed that this never got a re-release on the Genesis Mini 2. Maybe if on Sega's next mini console, this would be something they can. Include. I hope you're listening. Maybe anyway. hopefully, um, and also uh, one thing about Sega, the reason why I love the Dreamcast so much is that mm. I didn't need anything else to add to my Dreamcast to be able to play the, mm. the library of the Dreamcast. And in terms of emulation, you don't really need to do anything with your Dreamcast to be able to play the games on it. And uh, so yeah. Um, okay, so um, yeah, you're right. You're, yeah, it's 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 just that's that's what it, it breaks my heart that the Sega CD is such uh, an exclusive format for a special yeah. club um, because you need to have the hardware to fundamentally play it, and you need to have the games to fundamentally play it. Not necessarily. I mean, you can emu emulation is easy if you know what you're doing, but it's complex, complicated to emulate a Sega CD. But the emulation runs fine when you know what you're doing. Um, but the games are not accessible to the to the many. It's only for people who are just crazy like me who know what they're doing. Not everybody has accessibility. And I think I just I just wanted to just touch on that point. You know, it would be wonderful if there was a way in future that they do re-release games like this that have been lost in time that are great games. This is an unsung hero for the Sega CD because we never got it in the PAL territory. It's something I only discovered because I was adamant on having the whole Sega CD library collected and curated on on a on a mini system that I can play on my TV. And that's only because I have a love for the brand of Sega, and this is how I discovered it. And it's, that's sorry. And that's just it. That, sorry, I'm just going to finish. And that's just really it on that. On that no, so if, I, if I were you, Drew, I'd, I'd seriously consider just getting a, a Mega Drive Mini and getting it modded, mate. And getting and getting yeah. all, all, all these games we're talking about. Uh, Warsong, uh, Beyond Oasis, Dark, uh, Wizard, uh, Dark, Dark Wizard. Sorry, I would say Dark Castle then, mate. Bloody hell. Fantasy Star, <laughs> Shining Force, that's Beyond cool. Oasis. The, the, there's, a, there's a lot of gold on the Mega Drive Mini in the sense that these games, if you want to buy them separate, they cost a fortune. You'd actually get like for, for a Mega Drive Mini price, you'll get your money back from the value of the games on it. And if you want to sell it on, you'll get the money back. It's not a big and if deal. You, if you get it modded, mate, you can play. You can play all loads of skits out. Or you, or you could contact me, and I'll tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Hope, uh, I just hope that my ISP does not track. Oh, they won't. I think I think they won't. do. <laughs> so that's one of the cons of living here in Japan is that uh, in terms of the emu uh, emulating bits, downloading, uh, downloading it stuff, even accessing certain websites, you you you're actually blocked by your. Okay. ISA. So so there's a loophole with that. It's called Access Virage, and he'll talk to you, and he'll say. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You're not going to any websites. All right. Okay. 
moving on. Let's yeah, move on to the yeah. Shall we move on to the fifth game? Yeah, Goodness me, I could go on and on about talking about this game. It's a tough one. Um, I was thinking, where, where do I go with this? Do I go back with the Game Boy Advance? Because there's one on there I wanted to talk about. Um, and there's the Sega CD, and I think, okay, it comes to mind. There's a few on there. But they've also had ports, and I wouldn't call them Unsung Heroes because they're doing But I would say this is another one. And that was a disappointment for the Sega CD. Well, for the sort of Meg Drum Mini that it did come out here. It's called, it's an action RPG called Popful Mail. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, do you know what yeah, uh, you're aware of the Popful this, Mail? Yes, I know this one. I okay. Know all right. One. He knows the game I'm talking about. It's great. Out of all of them, he knows one. Okay. So it's Popful Mail. It's actually a platformer with a female lead. Uh, yeah. Something the lead actually resembles uh, somebody from uh, Ray Earth. I, I I don't know if you're familiar with that um, uh, anime, but it's one of those things that when you uh, tell me uh, Sega CD, that's the yeah. thing that pops <laughs> Popful um, Mail into my. Popful Mail was actually included on the on the Mega Drive Mini Two in Japan. Japan, but sadly there was a conflict between the working designs and Sega, and they couldn't make a deal to port not only Popful Mail but also the, the great Lunar games on the Sega CD, which have actually been ported on PlayStation. The reason I decided to mention Popful Mail is because this particular game is locked to the Sega CD platform, and it's again an, uh, an unsung action. It's a platformer action RPG. It does have action RPG yeah, working designs. Okay. Working designs did the English translation to it, and again, it has a nice. Um, goofy animated intro to it, and um, you might you might get attracted to Popful Mail. I think she's your kind of girl, Joe. Joe will definitely like definitely this love one. her. Yeah, yeah, like this one. Um, there was a SNES version of this game, but it's, it's the Sega CD. I played both, of them. and also the Sega CD ones in the SNES, the Fab Super Famicom. Um, but um, yes, a lovely animation, a lovely presentation, story, and uh, cutscenes. And uh, again, one thing I love about Popful Mail, and I will say via extension, the Lunar Game, is um, yeah, that, that's that's the um, that's that's why you like this game. Like, this is what I knew. I know. Like, I see. So Joe's eyes lighting up. Um, but it's about a female character called Popful Mail. She's a bounty hunter. She's on an adventure, and um, yeah, I mean, there's a, a very good voice acting work, working designs games. Um, so Popful Mail and uh, Lunar Games. And one of the things that I found really fascinating about this game, for the time it came out, is you're playing a 2D game. When she's talking to NPCs, shall we say? They talk, there's voicing, there's not text you're looking at, it's voice, and you are immersed in the game. And again, it is an RPG because it's, it, there are leveling up, you do level up as you play. And um, it's an actual RPG in the same vein as the, the Wonder Boy uh, series, shall we say. Um, yeah. but, and yeah. they actually advertise this as an action RPG during, yeah. uh, during its release. Mm. And it's, um, it's a lot of fun, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of humor, um, a lot of tongue in cheek as well. And it's a it's a game that ah. anyone can play. It's a game that yeah, can play. tongue in cheek, my tongue, her cheek. Okay, go. <laughs> <laughs> which which cheek? <laughs> Both. The cheeks <laughs> and the face. And what's yeah. funny is like you're. Uh, Why not? <laughs> it looks like you're killing Toad. Uh, yeah, it doesn't like killing Toad. But obviously, this is the intro because she was after a bounty after someone at the start. That's the guy. I think he did bit stored. But um, it's a lot of fun. Um, a lot of fun and that's the game that's the gameplay now sega really liked this game this was made by falcom nihon i believe so falcom made this oh okay 
Okay. <clears throat> now, um, Sega actually said to Falcom, look, we'll, we'll buy, we will want to reskin this game and call her sister Sonic. And they said no. It's probably probably a good thing because they're going to try and because the character had so much spunk, they thought this guy's this chick is just as edgy as Sonic. We could like re you know redo the sprite as a female version of Sonic or since Sonic had a sister, that would be her or whatever. But they didn't go ahead with that. So that's a very interesting fact about this game. But um, this is a, a lot of fun. I think the Japanese wrong. One thing I'll say about the Japanese wrong is her sword has a bit more reach than the um, the PAL. Sorry, the American release of the game and um, and the PAL version of the game. So yeah, a lot of fun. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Any thoughts, guys? I mean, you're looking at this. I'm thinking, what are you thinking? The reason why I'm, I'm familiar with this is because uh, when I uh, when it was as I have said, it was advertised as an uh, action RPG, and when I saw it. It's so reminiscent to me during that time of all the platformer uh, action platformers that I have played, and they add in the word RPG, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, I was like, just just give it to me. Um, yeah, and anyway, uh, since this is Sega CD, uh, I was only able to dream about uh, playing this and not really gotten into playing this so that I can, sucks I can, but... I, can, I, can, I can teach you how to do things don't worry I can make you kind of find another but look yeah, I think um, me and Branch think... we're, we're gonna have some private time later on <laughs> sorry guys <laughs> but I'll have to talk but look this, to be honest there's other, other I mean I do hope again like these are again hidden gems or whatever out there that I have. it just bothers me like, I, why didn't this game get a re-release or whatever and then I realised because of the whole so Victor Island is the guy the head of working. He wants, I guess, he wants like a, a king's ransom for these games now, and that's why we never got a, a Western release on the Mega Drive Mini Two of this. It's only on the Mega Drive Mini Two Japan that this was actually put on, which is a shame, really. I mean, if you speak Japanese and you've got no problem, then that's great. Just get the Mega Drive Mini Two, and if you can read, that's fine. But um, yeah, and the, to be honest, the Mega Drive, well, the Japanese version of this game is the better one in how it plays. That's what, but um, it's a very good game in terms of how the story plays out. Um, you know how you, you know, your character levels up. You get gold. How you get weapons, etc. Get more powerful, etc. You know, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, and it's it's a fun story to follow. That's all I will say on this one. And again, like I said, it's not boring like a term. Well, I'm not saying all turn-based RPGs are boring, but you're straight into the game. You're not having to wait for a, an enemy to attack or anything. If you want to go straight in there, and you want a bit of action. Um, this is it. This is a great game. So where's the uh, where's the RPG element in this? So you you do level up. I know it's oh, come on, man. Why didn't you show it to me? You do you do get stronger as the the, the game goes on. It does actually. Right. You do level up. There are levels to this, but obviously then press the pause button where it shows you it shows you your stats. When there are stats wow. here, you do get stronger. All right, and you do get extra weapons. Yeah. Uh, this is one that I really need to replay. I've I've only played it again on emulation years ago, and all, and I don't really remember that much about it. I, I do remember it plays really nice, feels really nice. Um, but uh, I've never played it all the way through, so this is one that I need to, I need to be uh, be getting myself on. We mate. This is more like um more more platforming. What what? There are other games like this. So you've got to think. So think, Joe. That when when this was around, mate, there were no three D. So this is essentially right. if you're playing something uh, like an action or a modern action RPG, so like like Shining Resonance Refrain, this is kind of the equivalent of it. It's just not mm. in. It's just not in the right. 3D. Yeah, so right. it kind of has like Wonder Boy elements to it, if that makes sense. Yeah. As I said yeah. earlier, so I, I was going. I was thinking Wonder Boy. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, but yes, there are 
there is obviously fetch fetch quests going on here and all that, but it's got a lot of in terms of level. You do level up. I mean, you do level. talk a lot. I mean, you do talk to a lot of NPCs, though. You have to talk to teach you how to be social. I think I think, <laughs> think Garage's selections have, have showcased a real nice mix of um, easy to get into um, for the action people and and harder depth. You know, um, for more expert gamers. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, like I have. When I went, when I started playing RPGs, I went straight to the deep end. If I'm being blunt with you, with Fantasy Star um, being the hard, like it's a hard RPG. And then when I went to play the, the SNES RPGs, I thought, oh, this is actually a lot fun. More, f they're easier because they're more fun. I'm not getting my ass kicked, but they are fun games, and they will have their merits. Let's be honest, and I can understand yeah. why people like Square RPGs. Um, but th there's there's also a few others I was going to mention, but I thought let's stick to something that's relatively unheard of, an unsung hero, because there are some others on the advance I was going to mention, which are also unsung. Let's just talk there about you go. Items. Yeah. Status, player load save options. Oh, okay. So, see, you, need, you need proof, Joe. You see, my really... goodness me, he was, nah, he was probably, you, I, I, was trying, I was trying to look for it. Did you trust him, mate? Oh, he's testing me. Joe was testing me. But no, I'm glad you test me. You should test me. But um, it's very good. And if you can get hold of it, play it anyway. It, in, in, the way I see it is look, um, it's these are games that are. I, I, I know I'm wrong to classify them as abandoned, okay? I don't think anyone's going to chase you for it because you can't legitimately buy this game anymore. Yeah. To be fair, and if you do get, like, I just want to talk very quickly with Rock. If there was a legitimate way to buy this game and go to developer, then that's fair enough. Yeah. But now, if I'm going to buy this game, it's going. To, the money's going to go into the pocket of a scalper or someone who's trying to get money from it. And that's fair enough. If you're a collector, that's fair enough. But that you're not giving money to the original developer. You know, you're giving it's going into someone else's pocket. It, I don't think it hurts to be able to just play this fire emulator this particular game and even dark wizard doesn't um I, whereas i do believe that you know, some of these other games have had other but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about how you can play this game and how i did when, when we're off this thing good game good game so that's my five that's my five obviously it's a last minute thing i did it as an ad hoc thing but i think i think it's good that i've thrown i think i've thrown out games that are quite unique that they haven't there's not games there are probably games similar to obviously pop they are <laughs> but but with some of the others that i've mentioned they're quite because I haven't seen it. They are, like and all of the games that, yeah. I was going to name some on the PlayStation and other systems, but I'm thinking I wanted to be very different from the rest of you guys. And I'm crazy, aren't I? Maybe. I'm looking at. Oh, that. <laughs> looking they at are the different. Entire, the entire selection. I think everybody's. Um, that that that's exactly what I wanted from this episode in terms mm. of the, the type of games, because um, you know there were basically. When I looked at a lot of yours, obviously, Virage, I'm really familiar with because I'm familiar mm -hmm. with the Sega system. But I looked at a lot of Drews and the, there were a lot there that caught my eye and I'd like to try. Yeah. What about you, Sir Joe? Are you going to do your fight? Oh, no. I'm not going to do mine. What? Okay. Because we are already way past. I'm going to say, we're time. an hour and a half over. <laughs> but it's been a, it's we been are way long. over. We are way over time. So right. we, we, can probably, we, we can probably continue this um, episode. <laughs> Once we have Sir Joel, because what you guys mentioned, this this most likely will be uh, uh, this will be most likely on Sir Joel's go-to list. Actually, he likes obscure games. Um, he said that he, unfortunately he, he just couldn't get uh, he just couldn't get uh, to join us uh, scheduling issues. So um, I mean, uh, certainly you you guys have a lot more uh, a lot more. Uh, games to to mention so we so we can probably do this uh do a part two of this once we have sir joel on, on board so we'll just do our uh, so we'll just close it at 
we'll just leave it at that. We'll we'll close the game. Ah, we'll close the game. We'll close the show uh, with just her, uh, with Sir Drew, Sir Dan, and Sir Drudge. Five plus five from Sir Robert's list. So that's it, guys. And let's do our shameless plug. Let's start with Sir Drudge. Where can they find you? Uh, you'll find me um, um, in in Dan's shadow in the Sega Genesis group on Facebook. You'll find me. Simple as that. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Sir Viraj. And for uh, for a last minute, uh, he just joined us. Thankfully, <laughs> he was able to he was able to uh, to contribute yeah. to this episode. And Sir Dan. Yeah, Sega Genesis group. Come and see us. Uh, me and Viraj um, and another chap called Steve and another chap called uh, Fred Rick. Uh, are going to be doing a Sega Mega Masters show ourselves over the next few months. It's, it's taking a bit of time to do because I've got to get myself familiarised with a few bits and bobs. So keep your eyeballs out for that and uh, and uh, yeah, have, have a good weekend. All right, thank you for Sir Dan. And how about the vlogger in the room, Sir Drew? Uh, yeah, take this opportunity to plug your, uh, plug your channel. And again, thank you so much for having me and the show. This is Geek Out Gaijin. You can find me both on Facebook and on YouTube at Geek Out Gaijin. And uh, I mostly post uh, either unboxings, video game and toy hunts here in Japan, uh, unboxings for uh, recent releases that are not really exclusive to Japan, but rather the Japanese versions of the the newer releases and I sometimes uh, do unboxings for video game related figures uh, mostly so uh, that's where you'll find me geek out Gaijin both on Facebook and on YouTube alright thank you for that Sir Drew and with me just to promote the show uh, so just go to our YouTube channel guys uh, Timeless Gamer PRG. If you want to see our past episodes in our audio podcast, you can also go to Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, all of the major podcast uh, platforms out there. Just search in, just Google Timeless Gamer, and you should find us right then there. And I would like to thank everybody in this panel for this episode, Sir Dan, uh, primarily for suggesting this episode. And people there uh, watching listening especially with sir joshua i'm just saying when, when it came to some some complex video games i don't think yeah, that's what i'm saying i'm not saying that so josh is admitting it that. yeah but josh doesn't represent all american he's just an individual no. i'm sure there's a lot of clever <laughs> americans out there there's a lot of stupid british people as well you know, very true but um but, but look it's, and there were a lot yeah, of uh, filipinos out there too <laughs> Well, oh, yeah, okay. that, that, that is one of the most truest words you could ever say. <laughs> okay. What I will say is, oh, uh, uh, when it comes to, look, just on the subject of strategy RPGs and whatever, for the time, you know, for any Americans listening, I don't think that was your, your bag. And I think Europeans are more honed to that sort of genre. It's a shame we never got Dark Wizard. That's all I'm saying. Okay, moving on. <laughs> and in regarding with role-playing games, guys, I mean, like, uh, like the panel mentioned earlier, Action RPGs, strategy RPGs, and turn-based RPGs. Uh, it's it's it would be nice if we could just uh, do an episode just focusing on action, just focusing on strategy, just focusing on turn-based because there's quite a lot to filter out. Uh, uh, if 
if going with the subgenres for the role-playing games are concerned but hopefully we'll be able to do it and one of the main reasons one of the main reasons why we don't do role-playing game centric episodes because we always go over time i mean we, uh, with me and certain we were we were we were we were, ta- we were talking we were worried that we won't be able to um, to go over to our uh, we won't be able to reach two hours and i'm like oh well we're almost four hours now almost double so hey so we're good we're just gonna stop it now and i'm going to hear a lot of uh, <laughs> gonna be, i'm gonna be hearing a lot of flack from our producers <laughs> oh your your role-playing game episode went over time yet again for the third time this time Alrighty. so that's it guys and we hope uh, we hope you enjoyed the show and as always our games and bodies might grow out of date but our gaming experiences will forever remain hey timeless timeless see you guys thank you thank you thank you, thank you. Oh,